Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey everyone, before we start this week's episode, we're just going to tell you that we are doing some exciting live shows. I'm talking podcasts, stand-up, and more podcasts. I didn't. I did not agree to it being exciting. When you said let's do some live shows, I specifically said I will not excite. Oh, don't worry, because do go on the one that you're part of, Jess, will not be exciting. Very oh, low key. Okay, Very great. low key. Those are, I will just say, if people are wanting a non-exciting do show. It, yeah, do it in a non-exciting show. Uh, 8.30pm, March 28, April 4, <laughs> April 11, April 18. Uh, so four shows, um, less than 10 tickets <laughs> left to each of those shows. That's a weird thing for me to ask. <laughs> so if you want to get a group of 11 together. You can't. I'm so sorry. Ditch sorry. your 11th favourite friend. No. You don't need Darren. Yeah. He sucks. And get the last 10 tickets. That'd be smart. Yeah. Yeah, or fall on your sword and let 10 people go have a good time and then you can go get a margarita. Do you yeah. think we've got altruistic listeners? Oh, we probably have margarita-tristic listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Dugo One. We're also doing the first ever live Primates podcast, man. I can't believe it. It's been... I don't know how many years in the making, but a few. Centuries. <laughs> Centuries, yeah. I mean, we've evolved uh, to this point. But it's on what? It's on the 4th and it's on at maybe 2 o'clock? Yeah, 2 o'clock, Sunday, April the Beautiful 4th. Beautiful afternoon session. Gorgeous. And you, it's going to be you, Matt. You're hosting. You're the host of the most, but you'll be joined by, some say, the greatest guest of all time. They call this the dream team, and I can't remember if I coined that term or if a listener did, but either way, I believe it. Uh, it's Nick Maso Mason from... Planet Broadcasting's 
the Weekly Planet. Got it. Also, uh, Cass Page from Sans Pants Radio. Yes, and also Evan Munro Smith from Gamey Gamey Gaming Game. That's right. How did you know? I so that's I was you guys. Out a secret. Hitting the stage, Fantastic Primates. Then that will basically go straight into. I should say, Dave. If you don't know Primates, the show, or anything about Primates, it doesn't matter. It's just going to be a fun, it's going to be a chat. Uh, you don't need any pre-existing information. Um, we'll give you all you need. <laughs> but, uh, you'll give out a little pamphlet explaining yeah, the next story. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, previously on Primates. Um, so that's at 2 o'clock. Then at 4.15, so basically straight after in the same venue, I'm doing my first ever live book cheat podcast with guests. Ben Russell and Michelle Brazier oh, would be disappointed if no one rocks up in a chook outfit. Oh, I would love to see the chooks, mm-hmm. please. If I, uh, it would be great if I, when I hit the stage. People, if ever the audience could go, buck, 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 buck. Is that, that too much to ask? Be like, buck, 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 oh. oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> please do that. Uh, so that's at four fifteen, <laughs> and then you can have a little afternoon break after that. Yeah, you're probably ready from laughing too hard. Your yeah. stomach will be sore. Just sit back, relax, put on the radio. I'll be on air. <laughs> you <laughs> can listen to yeah. me then. Well, you can listen to that during your meal break, and then you can go see Matt's stand-up show at the Victoria Hotel, which is just a couple of hundred meters down from the European Beer Cafe at six fifty-five p.m. Matt's doing your stand-up. Fantastic. That's all the way through the festival, 6.55 on Sundays, 7.55 uh, Tuesdays to Saturdays. And, yeah, 22 shows. Uh, bloody hell. It's going to be good, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So you should come. And if you use the discount code, do go on. You'll get a discount. Fantastic. And finally, on that Sunday, the April 4th, which is the biggest day in our podcasting lives, at 8.30, we'll be hitting the stage for that non-exciting April 4th to go on podcast. Thank you. Less than 10 tickets Keep left for that chilled, one. Keep it you know. And all of the others. Can you do me a favour and both remember to eat something in between? Yeah. yeah. Well, I won't be... I'm, I, I'll only be watching Book Cheat, so I'll, I'll loudly munch away. <laughs> 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 like someone did at a Brizzy, Brisbane Comedy Festival show of mine once, I'll bring a packet of minties and I'll <laughs> hand it out to everyone else in the front row. And loudly chew them. <laughs> uh, that's oh, good stuff. I would actually laugh if someone did that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we hope to see you there. All of those shows are on sale now, and the tickets are in the description. The link's in the description of this episode. Hope to see you there. And welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. I'm Jess Perkins. <laughs> and who are you? I'm uh, I'm Matthew Stewart. <laughs> well, before we hear more from them, hear more from me, telling you that this show, if you haven't heard it before, uh, we take it in turns to research a topic often suggested by one of our good-looking listeners, and uh, we take that topic we research their value it. yeah we're all hot yeah thank goodness just happen to be that high average yeah. high average out yeah, there uh, take the compliment uh so <laughs> go away research the topic bring it back to the others it's jess's turn to uh bring us the info matt and i don't know what the subject's going to be so she's going to start with a question the question is who was known as the greatest showman even before kid rock <laughs> oh that guy that hugh jackman played in a movie yes hugh jackman no wolverine no no van helsig not van helsig uh what's his name it's like pl travers 
Oh, P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum. But you really didn't assist it. That was a great... Thank you, Mr. Gaze, uh, for that assist. (laughs) No worries, Mr. Copeland. (laughs) Yes, P.T. Barnum has been uh, suggested by many, many people um, whose names are as follows. Fantastic. Alex, uh, Nick Verderosa, Braden, uh, Andre, Jared... (laughs) Jared Schaefer, most of these people don't have a surname. Is that two separate Jareds? Sorry, no, just Jared okay. Schaefer. Um, Kerry John Jones, Jordan, Tennille, Odie Matthews, James Clark, Stephanie Keller, uh, Keith yeah, Ross, a lot of people. and Chris Brown. Wow. All of those. Crazy. The Captain and Tennille. I don't, I don't think I've heard of another t- Tennille apart from the Captain and, and I'm not even sure what the Captain and Tennille is. Does that ring any bells? <laughs> I got no info for you. <laughs> I got nothing. Is that something? So sorry. Is that an album or a, an artist or something? Yeah, maybe. My question is, is yes. this like a topic you don't want to be associated with? Because more people than, oh, than yeah. usual just gave their first names. And I'm wondering, oh. is, is there some twists and turns That's here that interesting. You, you're um, embarrassed to say, all right, do P.T. Barnum. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to Google Captain Tennille. Captain and Tennille is a... a Captain is it Elton John were American recording no. artists whose primary success occurred in the 1970s. Husband and wife team. There oh. you go. Okay. Husband and wife. Cap- Imagine if your husband or wife was called the, the captain. Captain Daryl Dragon. Fuck, that's oh, my name. God. Oh, his last name is Dragon and they didn't use that? Born August 27, too. Wow. And his wife, Tony Tennille. <laughs> Tony Tennille's fantastic. I mean, so they used... Her last name, but not Dragon. What? Surely Dragon and Tennille. No, no Captain, Captain and Tennille is pretty Tenille's good. pretty good. Anyway, an early uh, sidetrack. <laughs> but, Dave, that is a, a very good point. Um, this, A lot of people suggested this around the time that The Greatest Showman film came out in 2017. Right. Uh, obviously, painting P.T. Barnum as, a, you know, somebody who just wants to put on a show and make something of himself. And a lot of people in their suggestions were kind of going, the movie really glorifies a not a great dude. Oh, right. right. I didn't see the movie, so I don't know anything about him. No. Apart from the fact that he sings and he dances. That's right, And yeah. he plays with elephants. And I thought in a good way, but now I'm wondering if it was. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with a couple of trunks. Dave. <laughs> um, um, sorry. Uh, have you seen the movie, Jess? Yes. Because I have not. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I mean, I don't want to shit on it if people really love it. It's a fine film. It's like a hungover Sunday kind of film. Because it was like a surprise hit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was It was very popular. And the I mean, soundtrack that... was like yeah. the biggest selling album of the year. It was really? sold millions of crazy yeah. copies. So some of the songs in there are really great. Um, was Kid Rock on it? <laughs> unfortunately, um, he there was a clash in his right. schedule. So he bills himself as the greatest showman, doesn't no, he? No, he had a... Uh, he, uh, well, he's got a song and... Uh, I think he was doing a show, like a tour that was called The Greatest Show on Earth. And gotcha. he was he was sort of like threatened to be sued by a, a, a group of a, a circuses who were The oh. Greatest Show on Earth. So he had to change it. But that just made me laugh. So I thought I'd squeeze How him into the question. funny that you can question. copyright the greatest show calling on yourself a good show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like circuses. I'll put that. Out there early. As in the ones, any or the any. ones with animals? Because of their copyright a- issues. I think any. And the ones with animals are probably worse. Have like, you seen Cirque du Soleil? I saw the Beatles Cirque du Soleil when I was in <laughs> that's Vegas. Right. Yes. That's but that's... it was at the end of a five-day Vegas trip and I was not in a good way. Yeah, that's fair enough. 
I bought an oversized Beatles Cirque du Soleil beer. Uh-huh. And I could not. I could hardly. I was falling asleep. Yeah, anyway, oh. during the show, there was a power outage for oh, like no. 15 minutes. It stopped. And we're all like, is this, the sh- is this part of the show? And they're like, this is not part of the show. And we're <laughs> yeah, like, is sure. this part of the show? <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, a power outage in Vegas. Yeah, it was real strange. That's, that's, that's ruined Vegas. Yeah. Vegas yeah, lost $12 billion <laughs> yeah, in that 15 minutes. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that was it was fun. But, I, you know, I, I, I've got this weird thing where I see people doing really impressive stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I assume you can do that. <laughs> you know, you're in a circus. You're on a trapeze. Yeah, that's... You know what I mean? If if it was you up there, I'm like, we're going down to see Jess, see if she can do a trapeze. I'd be like, oh, this will be fun. And that I would find that fun to watch. Because I want to do a trapeze so bad. Right. Really? So Matt sort of prepare, f- prefers like who dares wins or the or like fear factor. Yeah. More than Cirque du Soleil. Well, I just want, I mean, if, if they're definitely going to like. They never fail in those things. But they defy physics. Yeah. It's but amazing. I mean, that's, I, you know what I mean? The expectation is they're going to do it. So I've just, I don't know, my brain is annoying with that stuff that it's not excited by. Right. But if someone comes up to you on the street and says, hey, want to see a magic trick? You're like, I am so <laughs> Yeah. In. I'm like, who are you? Have you learned magic? And they're like, <laughs> I, I don't, I've never done magic before. You're like, yes. <laughs> I believe in Here you. Here we go. Did you pull this off? Sorry, weird question. I've never done magic before. Do you want to be the first person to watch me try? <laughs> I reckon I can yes. do this. Okay, well, it's good to know whenever I decide to take up magic. Well, I'm glad we got into this episode quickly. <laughs> yes, I we would. am uh, I'm easily impressed. I love magic. I love tricks. Well, so I'll, I'll be happy to hear about this. Look, I will say that this guy packed a lot into a lifetime. Uh, but let's start from the very beginning. We're going back to the 1800s. PT, what do you think that might stand for? PT Barnum. Personal trainer. <laughs> Personal trainer Barnum. Uh, Give me a P name. Patrick? Nah. Pasquale? You won't get it. Nah. Philip? Oh, close. Philippe? No. Philippe? Penis? No. Patrick? No. Pringles? Penelope. Pringles? It is. Phineas Taylor. Oh, great oh, name. Great stuff. Phineas Taylor Barnum, born in Bethel, Connecticut in Bethel. 1810. That's great. Bethel. Um, I couldn't find a great deal about his early, early life, apart from the fact that his father was an innkeeper, a tailor, and storekeeper. An innkeeper. I know. Where are we talking? Bethlehem? 1810. Bethel? Baby? You said Bethel. Do you Bethlehem. mean Bethlehem? Bethel. Bethlehem, Connecticut. An innkeeper. <laughs> yeah. That sounds ye oldy. Times. And what were his other jobs? Taylor. Taylor and a storekeeper. Ah, Taylor by name. And that young Phineas was close to and quite influenced by his maternal grandfather, Phineas Taylor, who was a legislator, justice of the peace, and lottery schemer. Oh, schemer. <laughs> yeah, that might make a little he, more sense later on. That's interesting. So he was a lawman and a schemer. Yeah. Love that. Is that on the business card? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But in much smaller print. <laughs> yeah. Under legislator and justice of the peace. Can we read this game bit? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, so the only thing, uh, the only other thing that I found out about PT as a kid was that he was a natural salesman and was peddling snacks and cherry rum to soldiers by age 12. Wow. It's a different time. Um, he was 15 years old when his father died and the support of his mother and his five sisters and brothers fell largely upon his shoulders. So he had several businesses over the next few years, including a general store, a book auctioning trade, real estate speculation, and a statewide lottery network. Didn't go into a lot of information about any of these, but a they state- all sound interesting. And he's like 
Like a Doogie Hauser yeah. of like statewide lotteries. Yeah. <laughs> Real estate speculation is kind of fun too. Like, I reckon this could be worth something. Yeah. <laughs> if I understand what that means, <laughs> just go around going, hmm, hmm, I reckon one day that could be worth a bit. I reckon that one's got three bedrooms. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, like, it might be a pool in that backyard. Like gambling against people, all right, you and me will look at this house. Yeah. We both have to guess how many bedrooms it has. <laughs> if I'm right, you give me $5. See, it's one of those terrace houses, but... It's two stories, and it could go really far back. Yeah, that's right. Or could be very small. At the front, it looks really old, but they've got a fantastic loft conversion back could there. Could be a two-better. <laughs> we don't know. Could be a trick. Um, so after holding a variety of jobs, he became a publisher of a uh, weekly newspaper in Danbury, Connecticut. The newspaper was called Herald of Freedom, and I believe he started the newspaper. <laughs> so... Pretty uh, easy to get a job when you make the job up. Yeah, he's, he's like a real go-getter type. Yeah. A lot of self-belief by the sounds Maybe of it. Maybe too much. But, yes, definitely a lot of self-belief. Yeah. I mean, you don't – I assume that when he starts a new business it's because the old one has failed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, probably, yes. <laughs> and to be able to do this many different businesses, they're failing quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right, well, by, I gave it a go. <laughs> by 17, I've had 80 businesses. <laughs> yeah, this is in the space of a few years. So, yes. His editorials against the elders of local churches led to libel suits and a prosecution which saw him imprisoned for two months, but some people say he enjoyed the notoriety. Oh, so he's, he's publishing, like, Elder Jerry smells bad. <laughs> smells <laughs> real bad. They're, like, suing him. Yeah. Did this... Uh... Did this make the movie? Let us know when the movie starts. Um, the movie is like, uh, oh fuck! I mean, it's been a little while, but I remember Hugh Jackman, yeah, working in a in a <coughs> going into work, and the whole place is being shut down, and he's like suddenly out of work. Right. Um, I hope that after I die, yes, the ultimate compliment in yes. two hundred years later is the Hugh Jackman of the day playing you. Right. Yeah. You're getting cast by an absolute. Top guy, oh. lovely man, super hot, can sing, dance, act. Australian. Like, and then they're like, yeah, exactly, I'd love that. <laughs> love that. If you could just find that to play me, Do I'd feel good. Do you think Hugh's nice? He look, seems nice. Do you think he'd be friendly? I think so. Yeah, I think he is. That's nice. I, I listened to a podcast interview and he was talking about how he loves puzzles. <laughs> and he had a puzzle brand <laughs> that he recommended. Well, he said really great pu- quality puzzles. And they really clicked in a place in a satisfying way. Wow. I mean. He sounds fun. <laughs> either that or he just has, he has a recommendation for everything. Yeah. yeah he's got one thing. What? Are you talking about puzzles? Oh, yeah. I'll uh. send you to my puzzle guy. <laughs> well, keyboards, Casio, great brand. Yeah, he's got a guy for everything, for sure. Um, on the 8th of November, 1929, the same year he started his newspaper, Barnum married Charity Hallett. Wow. Incredible name. Um, the couple would have four children together over the next 16 years. They had their first kid pretty early, and then it wasn't like it was like 10 years before the second one, and then it was like two, three, four. Um, but, you know, he was busy. He was working. He was hustling. Maybe he wasn't around as much. Who knows? So aside from being a husband, father, and uh, newspaper publisher, <laughs> things really started to pick up for PT in 1835 when at the age of 25 he began his career in showbiz. Okay. Let's remember this is 1835. So he and Charity had moved to New York uh, and PT had tried a couple of different jobs once again, including more newspaper publishing. But it all changed when he met Joyce Heth, an African-American woman held as an enslaved person by John S. Bowling and exhibited in Louisville, Kentucky. Exhibited? Yes. 
Jesus. And this is what they were calling show business. Yep. 1835. Um, She was uh, sold to promoters R.W. Lindsay and Coley Bartram. They also don't want to give their full names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So shady from that. And R.W. Lindsay, uh, due to Joyce's appearance, which I'll go into in a sec, introduced her as having been the childhood nurse of George Washington, making her over 160 years old. So it was kind of like, come and see this very old woman. That was the... Right. The whole point of it. So she was, um, well, she was obviously fairly old. Um, I think she was having issues with her eyes. She was, you know, at least partly Jess, blind. 160 isn't fairly <laughs> old. That's very old. <laughs> I don't want to sound rude. But. She had some some issues with um, movement in certain parts of her body. She had a very small frame, very deep wrinkles, no teeth had really long um, fingernails that were said to have resembled talons. But lacking success in getting audiences to get tickets to see this incredibly old woman, R.W. Lindsay sold her in her old age to P.T. Barnum. Well, not sold, actually. Slavery was already outlawed in New York, but P.T. exploited a loophole which allowed him to lease her for a year for $1,000. Right, what? so you couldn't sell people, you could rent them, though. Yeah, you could rent people. What? I'm not buying it. That implies you can't that means someone them. has to own for you to be able to. Yeah, lease. but own from a different state. So it's fine in that state, but oh. I'm renting her to New Wait, York. Wait, when was slavery abolished? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I'm not 100%. I assume it was before the 1800s. But didn't it happen in kind of a staggered oh. way? It wasn't just like an all in one. Right. I thought that was a Lincoln thing, but I'd. Regret? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know either. Do you want me to Google it? Yeah, but I think I, th- no, I think you are right about staggered way. I think some places. I'm remembering that from Twelve Years a Slave. Early, early right. on, but then I think isn't that the whole issue of North versus South type thing? Oh, uh, and that's why they had the big war, and that was that in the 1800s. 1865. Yeah, yeah, mid. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's just like was... from a, the first Google. I am pretty sure it sort of happened in. Not that, I mean, I know there was, like, Australia had awful stuff well beyond that. Absolutely, yes. So I'm not meaning, like, as a judgment thing. It's just I, I was, I'm surprised by that. But um, Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not uh, in a glass house over here. Oh, God, no. We've, yeah, we've done some horrendous Oh, we're things. fucked. We're real fucked. And, like, more recently fucked. Um, so, yeah, he's leasing her for a year, $1,000 for a year, not too shabby. If we're talking about a car, we're talking about a person. It's fucked. So he actually had to borrow $500 in order to make this purchase. He didn't even have enough money. Uh, So a lot was riding on it succeeding for PT. I say succeeding because it's still gross. So for seven months, Joyce was a travelling exhibit for Barnum, telling stories about little George and singing a hymn. (laughs) I've really changed my opinion on Hugh. (laughs) He's not coming off well now. (laughs) Is this in the movie? <laughs> no, this is absolutely not He wasn't not singing a little song about this part? No, he didn't rent a woman. This wasn't on the soundtrack, Hugh? But he did make this film and write all of this stuff out of it. I mean, it would have. Pro- I guess it's probably less of a feel-good film all of a sudden. But... Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say it's loosely based on him, maybe the film, but I'm just defending a film I don't actually care about. And it's not that loose. Because like, it, it is his name and stuff, right? Yeah, and even the wife and children's names are the same. So it's like, okay, it's not that loosely based on it. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they don't tell this part. Um, a writer named Eric Lott claims that Joyce earned P.T. Barnum $1,500 a week 
which is a very big amount in that era. If you think about it, he's paid $1,000 for the year and he's making it back in a week. Wow, okay. And then some. And, there, and thus Barnum's career as a showman took off. Right, because the other people were obviously doing the same thing, exhibiting yeah. this poor woman, but they were not making any money. This guy is very good at marketing. Yeah, okay. He was like, I think, oh, fuck, I've forgotten. I didn't write it down, but it was something like he was referred to as like the Shakespeare of marketing. Wow. Well, <laughs> he was very good at it. He so, could get bums on seats. So far, the greatest showman uh, is just renting a woman yep. and making money at people looking at her. Yeah. The greatest showman yep. in the world. Yep. we got to remember that this is the past. The, the same people that would gather to see a train. Yeah. Oh, and they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they do. Easy to impress. So there were rumours and doubts about Joyce's real age. People going, I don't reckon she is 160. That seems a bit unlikely. Nah, she is. Nah. So Barnum did what anybody would do, and he announced that when she died, he'd have her publicly autopsied. That would put everyone's minds at ease. (laughs) By the way, she wasn't dead or dying at this point. Joyce is like, what? What? Yeah, she's like, I didn't agree to that. And everyone's like, I, nobody wanted that. We're just saying, like, birth certificate or something. No, no, probably everyone no, gather around. I'll cut her open. Yeah. We're doing it in the town hall, town square. <laughs> get more in. Okay. You're going to get a doctor who'll do that? I'm doing it. I'll do it. I'll do it myself. I'm the greatest showman <laughs> and autopsy artist. <laughs> yeah. That's the what great, I'm calling it. The greatest doctor. That's fucked. So, yeah, that is what happened because a year later when Joyce Heth passed away uh, in February of 1836, true to his word, Barnum set up a public autopsy. Public? I Why? did not think that was actually going to happen. And was he hoping that it's going to be like rings of a tree? Yeah. going to see how old this woman is? I mean, I don't know now how they can just tell how old someone is, but back then I'm imagining their understanding of the body and technology was even more... Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, sure. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Believe it. Unbelievable. What word am I trying to go for? Unreliable, maybe? Who mm. knows? Just shit. It was just shit. I'm not then. sure how you tell how old someone is. Mm. They checked with leeches. Oh, bones. Bones. <laughs> now Jesse, or then? Okay. Now or then? <laughs> when I did you miss your favorite TV show? <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell. Oh my god! To oh my record god. bones. Oh my for god. Me. <laughs> I don't want to miss it. Emily Deschanel. Oh, wait, Bones. <laughs> when I got braces, because I was young for braces, I got them when I was 11, they x-rayed my hands to see how much growing I had to do. Because you start with heaps and heaps of bones in your hands, and as you grow, they form and you have less bones oh, in your Oh, right. So a 160-year-old woman, in theory, would just be one solid one bone. One big right. bone. That's why she couldn't move all that well. <laughs> right. She's one bone. She's one bone. Can yeah. you explain to me that again? You've got more bones in your hands as you get older. You have less. When bones. you're a kid, yeah, you've got like lots and lots of little bones in your hands. Oh, and as you like baby bones, yeah, like, like baby teeth, exactly. And as you grow, you lose them. They fall out. They fall out. Okay. Three fingernails. Um, and you get the bone. The bone fairy comes. Yeah, yeah. that's fifty dollars a bone. It's pretty have good. Sex with your parents. <laughs> Leave the coin behind. Exactly. What? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm the bone it. fairy. <laughs> Got anything for me? The bone fairy is this like big, kind of sweaty, hairy guy <laughs> hey, with wings. I'm the bone fairy. No questions asked. <laughs> all right, well, let's do this. <laughs> it's all good. Come on, I got a 7.30. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this done. It's, li- it's 11. <laughs> Cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Um, <laughs> just imagining <laughs> Barney Gumble when he's dressed as like Krusty the Clown. He just looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
And you don't that's have, him. You don't have to tell me if I'm wrong about Barney Gumble is the perfect bone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm the bone fairy. I'm the bone fairy. Um, so Barnum gets a surgeon on board, Dr. David L. Rogers, who performed the autopsy um, on the 25th of Feb, 1836, in front of 1,500 spectators in oh, New York right. City Saloon. Okay, so the thing we were joking about before, that's what actually happened. <laughs> oh, my yep. God. 1,500 people came out to watch a woman get oh autopsied, and PT, of course, charged 50 cents admission. He's saying step right up sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 100%. Is he narrating it? $750. Doing a bit of MC work? Yeah. Mexican waves going on. Yeah, he's got a Madonna mic on <laughs> while he's... Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming down today. <laughs> he's just interviewing people. Hey, where have you come from? Yeah. While they've got like the, the saw ri- opening the rib cage. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. Is that okay? No, it's it's absolutely fine. Is and this it- a classic judging... Uh, <laughs> Judging someone on today's standards? Yes, but also, I mean... That seems like it would have been fucked even yeah, then. Yeah, that seems fucked even then. But I feel not like to the 1500 there's a point, up. There's a point in this report where you kind of forget some of the fucked stuff. Right. And then... I'm looking forward to that. I'll looking remind to, you again. Looking forward to his, like, six or seven years of charity work. <laughs> well... And you're like, what a guy. Not quite. In the autopsy, Dr. Rogers revealed that, shock horror, this woman wasn't 160 years old, but was in fact more likely around 80 years old. <laughs> it was PT like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Yeah, Who's no, paying you? He did. He insisted that the autopsy victim was another person. Oh, my. Well, I, why do And then he said, John's he, be, he believed it, obviously. Oh, my God. I assumed he was going to, like, pay off the autopsy yeah, that's what you surgeon do. or whatever or just fake it. I can't believe he he obviously thought she was 160. He said, it's another person. Joyce Heth is alive. She's on tour in Europe. Wait, why? why? And then later admitted it was a hoax. What a weird lie. <laughs> and here she is now. I Sorry. No, she didn't actually die. I've done this to prove that she was older, but I faked it in a bad way <laughs> with a woman half her age. No refunds. So strange. So weird. Just awful. But uh, what is true is that I did work this poor woman to death. Yes. Uh, 10 to 12 hour days she would work. He's making a lot of money off her. And his career as a showman is off and running, all thanks to his exploitation of an enslaved black elderly woman. Very, very cool. Is this the part where we forget what he did? Uh, No, that'll come soon, though. Well, no, actually. So over the next year, he had mixed success with a variety show that he put together. You're so right. He's just like trying businesses. They're failing. He just does something else. He does not give up at any point. So he's got this variety show that he's put together. It's called Barnum's Grand Scientific and Musical Theatre. Catchy. Yeah. yeah. There, oh, there are so many catchy show names through this. <laughs> Truly remarkable. So what is it, Grand Science? Grand Scientific and Musical Theatre. Well, they, you had me until Musical Theatre. Grand Scientific. Grand Scientific, I'm in. Yeah, musical Theatre. So is that, I mean, that's why you'd never would watch this movie, because it's, is it a musical? Yeah. I can, I'm picturing Hugh Jackman singing his way through some of this awful awfulness. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and he's seen as a real saviour, because he's sort of like giving all these people who are different, a safe place and a, and a sense of family and maybe... Exploiting them. Ma- yeah, oh, absolutely. Maybe there was a small sense of that for some of these people, but you look at it especially through today's lens and you're like, fucking hell, man. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So then the, the Panic of 1837, which was essentially a Great Depression with a much better name. The Panic? Oh, The Panic. Love that. Did he? And you knew it was, that was coming up in the movie because he said, it has been a pretty rough day. And then the band come out behind him and he sings, we got no money, got no money. We're going to a panic today. Hey, we got no money, we got no money. And then there's people sort of like wearing like chimney sweep outfits yes. who are clicking down low to the ground. Is that? And then one and of then, them does a tap solo. Yeah. And there's people dressed as uh, $50 bills and then somebody cuts them in half. <laughs> And they I mean, do that sort of stage. Ow! Yes, yeah, yeah. But then one of them actually gets cut in half. Yeah, that's and, deep and symbolism. They were sued. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was really gross. And this was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, 2017. It's a different time. There's some about uh, musicals that I find. I nearly. Oh. Uh, Bob just, <laughs> just uh, elbowed Ow. Dave's mic. Ow. All right, fine. I'll stop talking. <laughs> talking. You wouldn't know this stuff because you don't watch musicals, but yeah, they, they sort of talk there. They're talking and you know they're about to do a song. Yeah, because the, the music starts. starts. And you're like, oh, oh fuck. fuck. Here we go. The first <laughs> one, whenever you I watch a movie. The whole crowd <laughs> has a collective sigh. <laughs> whenever I see a movie and I don't realise it's a musical, I'm like, oh. that that first song that that's happening, I'm like, oh, you're fucking kidding. <laughs> No, not a no. Have a phone. I gotta read the blurb. <laughs> you fucking kidding fucking me? Hell. I can't get up and leave. I can actually. Apart from Annie, of course. Oh, yeah, the, I was indoctrinated loved... into that as a kid or something. You loved Annie so much. Daddy what Warbucks. About... Why do I smell wet dog? <laughs> Never seen the movie, but uh, I think about that that line a lot. Yeah, because when your mouth... dog is wet. Yep. Yeah, they do smell. Um, it's so the character's name is Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if I saw it for the first time now, I would hate it. <laughs> but because it's it's got nostalgia all over it, um, because it was set in the early 1900s, mm. um, which was, uh, I think, when I was going through my third divorce. <laughs> Sharon! <laughs> I miss you, Sharon! Your third wife, Sharon. Yeah. Oh, we, don't, we don't talk about Sharon. Don't, please. Sorry. Don't bring up Sharon. Uh, yeah, a Great Depression. It made um, showbiz life a little difficult. Oh, dear. So he looked around for something that he thought would be a little more stable than a travelling variety show and somehow outmaneuvered wealthier bidders to acquire John Scudder's American Museum in New York City, a five-storey marble building filled with stuffed animals, taxidermy animals, waxwork figures. Not and, little teddy bears. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stuff, I kept reading stuffed animals. I'm like, okay. And they're like, oh, taxidermy. Okay. <laughs> Waxwork figures and similar conventional exhibits. It's a, it's a museum. During a Great Depression, people don't have disposable income to spend on watching a person, a, you know, a prisoner for a bit. Yeah. But they do have money for seeing dead animals yes. stuffed and just sitting and there. And paying admission for a bit. For Obviously, museums. you know, we're all going through a pretty tough time, but we've still got our taxidermy budget. Yeah. Everyone goes to the... See some dead animals once a week. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Sunday. Church. Taxidermy. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? The kids love it. There's they only... love it. We get froyo. They love it. <laughs> only two industries do well in depressions. Yeah, taxidermy. And alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> what a combo though, right? Great combo. Mm. Fuck, I love to get drunk and Was taxidermy. It... <laughs> yeah, cheers to you, alligator. <laughs> Was it licensed, the venue? Uh, yeah. They go hand in hand, don't yeah, they? Yeah, oh, I'm going to go see. Museum. A lima. <laughs> uh, yeah, could I get a ticket to the lima? 
taxidermy enclosure yeah. and a couple of brews. A couple of brewskis. Need to take the edge off. Much better audience uh, <laughs> to watch stuff lame as if I've had a couple. Absolutely. I am much better to the lemur. So he quickly transformed the museum into a carnival of human curiosities. Sorry, which I think just that means might be. Fucked, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's pronounced carnivale. Carnivale <laughs> of human curiosities. Yeah, which, that yeah, doesn't, means, doesn't sound. Means freak show. Yeah, okay. When actually they just human beings. Yeah, not not respecting. <laughs> no, yep. but sorry, I forget. He's, We're being uh, real soy boys here, aren't he's we? He's giving him a place to yeah. fill. Family, beautiful five-story marble building. People can ogle them. There was yeah. So it's not just human curiosities. There's also dramatic theatricals, beauty contests, and other sensational attractions. Of course, renaming it Barnum's American Museum loves to put his name on shit. This is a, a quote from Britannica. It says, "Playing upon the public's interest in the unusual and bizarre, Barnum scoured the world for curiosities, living or dead, genuine or fake." By means of outrageous stunt, repetitive advertising and exaggerated publicity, Barnum excited international attention and made his showcase of wonders a landmark. So, yeah, he's very good at marketing and uh, he he searches pretty far and wide. Uh, I even read in one article that there was an Australian guy, uh, an Aboriginal guy in the show at one point. Okay. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a long way to go. To get someone, he was like a the best um, tightrope walker. Yeah, right. Yeah, really interesting. Anyway, but I only read that in one article, and I didn't find a lot of information about where Barnum found lots of different people. So I was like, mm. um, so the museum hosted a changing series of live acts and curiosities that were added to the to the exhibits of taxidermied animals, including jugglers, magicians, exotic women. Okay. Not sure what that means. Oh, is that juggling women? Yes, juggling exotic women. Detailed models of cities and famous battles. <laughs> <laughs> Something for everyone. Oh, everyone. So next to the exotic women. A menagerie of animals. Fuck, I love that word. Uh, stuffed? Uh, no, real ones. I only like stuffed ones. And probably the most fucked, people with various conditions, such as albinism or dwarfism. Oh, the museum was hugely popular. Between 1842 and 1868, it attracted 82 million visitors. Over how many years? 1842 to 1868. That's crazy. Huge. People came from all over to see the attractions that Barnum provided. I read that the roof was transformed into a strolling garden with a view of the city where he launched, launched hot air balloon rides every day. You could get a hot air balloon ride from the top of this museum. Wow. Uh, he's really transformed it. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and just squeezing everything into it possible. Yeah. It's, yes. it's like he designs a museum like Homer Simpson designs a car. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably approaching it a bit like, like a Disneyland kind of thing. Obviously, Disneyland didn't exist, but you know what I mean? Just like anything we can do to make it bigger and better and spectacular and whatever. Do they have laser tag? Obviously, Dave. That's a given. Dodge them cars. Go yeah. carts in the basement. Love that shit. Love it. Whack a mole. Um, it's from uh, from. Whack a mole isn't meant to be a play on guacamole. I always assumed it was a play on words. Apparently not. Really? What a waste. Does that really let you down as the pun pun king? That's how I like to say it. That I say, would be a pun. Hey, darling, pass the guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> I could really guacamole. You know what I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've got some corn chips and they're a little dry. Were you in like, time zone or whatever as a kid calling it like whack-a-mole? Yeah, that's what I, th- I always assumed that's what it was. I can't wait to play whack-a-mole. <laughs> you know, like a play on <laughs> whack-a-mole. My favourite food as a child. <laughs> I love that it's a bit spicy yeah, sometimes. Oh, I love it. Honestly, would have been a brand new um, uh, food to Australia. Well, yeah. I mean, it's guacamole. Yeah. Guacamole. Oh, yeah. not, not wow. <laughs> Jeez. Get that out of my house. Oh, let's go back in Bloody time. Bloody hell. La-dee-da. Okay. <laughs> Someone's brought the guac. Oh, oh, do I put it on my chops? <laughs> what do I do with this? Um, from, this is from Wikipedia. In 1842, Barnum introduced his first major hoax, a creature with the body of a monkey <laughs> and the tail of a fish. Oh, this is the this is a an X-Files episode, I'm pretty sure. Did they call it oh, Fiji yep. Mermaid in that too? Yeah, they do reference things like that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, the Fiji Mermaid. I think, I think that's right. I cool. didn't know that was him. Yeah. Or is, yeah. Well, he leased it from a fellow museum owner named Moses Kimball. Kimball. It's the kind of thing that, like, uh, Mulder has, like, a, a poster or something on the wall yeah, of the office. Right. Yeah, I'm sure there was, yeah, there's some sort of reference to that, I think. I don't know about this, Mulder. <laughs> and, I mean, it was obviously a hoax, but he justified his hoaxes by saying that they are advertisements to draw attention to the museum. He said, I don't believe in duping the public, but I believe in first attracting and then pleasing them. I don't believe in duping them. Fooling them, yes. Yeah. But <laughs> duping, I shall not. Making assholes of them, sure. But I'll never dupe. <laughs> he followed the mermaid by uh, exhibiting Charles Stratton, uh, a little person called General Tom Thumb. And the tagline was the smallest person that ever walked alone, who was uh, stated to be 11 years old, but was actually four years old. <laughs> okay. He was a toddler. He was just a toddler. Mm. The young boy was taught to imitate people like Hercules and Napoleon. He was drinking wine by age five and smoking cigars by age seven for oh the public's amusement. Just a very brief tangent here about Charles Stratton as well because he had an amazing life. I looked at his Wikipedia briefly and, like, yeah, wow. So he did his first tour of America at the age of five. Then a year later Barnum took him on tour took him on a tour of Europe, and he quickly became an international celebrity. He met Queen Victoria, toured Europe for three years before returning to America where his stardom continued to grow and his popularity and celebrity surpassed that of any actor within his lifetime. Wow. He was huge. It was a massive... Who's this? He was a massive star. Charles Stratton. Right. So he General, was like, General Tom Thumb was like the character in the stage name. He was one of the most famous people on earth at the time. Yes, and he was a <laughs> child still. Right. Oh, yeah. He's the toddler. Yes. Sorry, I got slightly distracted because I found the episode. It's called Humbug. Yeah, well, okay. Episode, season two, episode 20, Mulder believes the murderer to be the mysterious Fiji mermaid, which Scully argues is only a hoax, a mere humbug. Huh. P.T. Barnum's referred to as a humbug a lot as well. Ah, right. There you go. Yeah. So um, from Wikipedia as well, Stratton's first performance in New York marked a turning point in the history of freak show entertainment. Before Stratton's debut, the presentation of human curiosities for entertainment was deemed dishonourable and seen as an unpleasing carnival attraction. However, after viewers were introduced to Stratton and and his performances, he was able to change the perception people held towards freak shows. 
Stratton's lively and entertaining performances made these types of carnival shows one of the most favoured forms of theatrical entertainment in the United States. So it's interesting that we're kind of going, oh, it's a different time, maybe people are interested in this. But it seems like people weren't for a really long time. They were kind of like, oh, that seems a bit unsavoury. It's not a nice thing to do. Yeah. And then... People like Charles Stratton kind of turned that around. Yeah, right. There you go. Fascinating. So, he, yeah, he's a turning point for the kind of entertainment that Barnum was peddling. And the two were actually lifelong friends. Under Barnum's management, Stratton became a really wealthy man. He owned a house in the fashionable part of New York. He had a steam yacht. He had, uh, you know, <laughs> fine clothes. Wow, steam yacht money. Yeah, he's got steam yacht money. Uh, I dreamed of you on steam oh, yacht wow. money. That, but that, oh, that is interesting because I, I was fearing that uh, it was going to be all that money was going to Barnum. But yeah, he's, he's. I bet you he's still taking more than his fair share. Probably. But, he's but, got four steam yachts. <laughs> but yeah. They, yeah, they were like very good friends. And, and later in life, when Barnum get, got into financial difficulty, Stratton bailed him out. Oh, there you go. You know, like they, yeah. So it's a, it's a very strange situation because Barnum took a toddler and exploited him and made a lot of money off him. But Charles had a very full life and a long career and didn't seem to have any animosity towards Barnum. So it's sort of like I can't I, I can't speak on your behalf and be like, this guy sucks because it seems like you were probably friends. Yeah. But it feels, as an outsider, a little bit fucking weird. Yeah, especially because, I mean, maybe, did, you know, as a toddler, maybe he never knew any different. But uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But mate, yeah, who knows? Maybe because uh, it doesn't sound like the best life uh, being a well-known celebrity to me. You know? Yeah, I they're know. papping you all the time. Was he getting papped? Getting papped. Oh, so many paps. They like hang out with a long lens and watch him on the steam yacht. Yeah, <laughs> awful That's stuff. Like, he's in Woman's Day. Catch every, him at a horrible moment where he looks really like he's lost. You know. Yeah. Too yeah. much weight, or the other way around. Right. Just one of those, just shadow tricks, and then they're like front page. Yeah. Got him. Yeah, this stuff like, uh, is this toddler packing a bit too much weight? Mm. That sort of stuff. Mm. Puppy mm. fat? Yeah. <laughs> sort of stuff. You're like, oh, great, here we go. GQ magazine. Yeah. Is that one of them? You bloody pervs. <laughs> that's, probably, that, that's not that kind of magazine, is no. it? No. So the, the, <laughs> the European tour. I couldn't think of a single trash mag. <laughs> Woman's Day. Woman's Day. I did say that one. All right, great. So the European tour is making Barnum a lot of money and it's opening doors for him and he's able to acquire dozens of new attractions and even buy up more museums. He's buying multiple okay. museums. Like he's got investment museums at this point. <laughs> he's really pricing everyone else out of the museum yeah. market. <laughs> what a way to live. Very. He's got a museum cartel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I, this is not how I think of museums. I think of museums maybe have evolved a bit over time. They don't normally have hot air balloon rides at the top. No. Well, I mean, maybe if Melbourne Museum yeah. had a bloody hot air balloon. They do have a lot of... There used to be, at least in the Melbourne Museum, a big taxidermy room. Yeah. It shut down this year. What? Yeah, I thought yeah, I Yeah, there were a few people that are up in arms because their kids love it. It is a strange... I only went to it once and it was a very odd... Mm, the room space. full of... There's a large collection. Of really there old was, taxidermied animals. Yeah. Right? I don't remember the places we went, but there was... When we were in the UK last... I went to a museum and there was, yeah, rooms and rooms of taxidermy. And I was like, I mean, it's interesting because I've never seen that animal before, but also gross. You don't think you've seen it before. It's just bad taxidermy. Ah, yes. That's just I was a like, huh, a street koala. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A koala with like really big eyebrows. Yeah. And a... I'm like, hmm. 
human well, ears. It's not like one we I lost see. a few of the bits. We had to make do. <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> also during this European tour, Barnum became aware of a Swedish soprano. Oh, that's fun to say. Swedish soprano named mm-hmm. Jenny Lind, often referred to as the Swedish Nightingale, who was gaining a lot of popularity. Barnum, who had a keen eye for an opportunity and had never seen Jenny perform, approached her to sing in America for $1,000 a night for 150 nights, all expenses paid. Wow, that's that's a big commitment. That's huge. He's never heard her sing. Oh, dear. But he's just like, she's popular. I've got a gra- I'm have got going to jump on the, you know, the ground floor. And then she arrives and he goes, sorry, that money was a hoax. But <laughs> what I do is I bring you in and then show you a good time. And a sense of family. Well, I, you have a family. I've leased you now. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I own you. You're you are gonna, mine now. You're going to be over there. For mine, 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 mine. Um, Jenny had a, a reputation for morality and philanthropy and apparently could sing. So he saw it as an easy sell to the American audience. I can sing. <laughs> <laughs> She insisted on having Julius Benedict, a German conductor, composer and pianist with whom she'd worked in England, and the Italian baritone Giovanni Belletti as assisting artists because at the time solo recitals were still an un- they weren't a done thing to American audiences. Okay, you need a support band. Yeah, exactly right. So Benedict's fee was $25,000. Belletti's was 12500 All told, Barnum had committed to $187,500, which is approximately $5.7 million today. Oh, my goodness. He's never heard this woman sing. All of that to bring Lind and her musical troupe to America. He's never heard her sing. She asked for her fee up front. Clever. Great. Very, very clever. Which he wasn't used to and he did not have. So he borrowed heavily on his mansion and on his museums but he was still short. So he persuaded a Philadelphia minister that Lind would be a good influence on American morals, and the minister lent him the final $5,000. So there's a lot riding on this. Yeah. He has not heard her sing. Most of her fee. So she's asked for like about $4 million bucks up front. Yep. Oh, my God. Love to know that ministers are just sitting on a stack of cash as well. Five grand. <laughs> you know, like Jesus would do. <laughs> <laughs> So Lind and her small company sailed to America in September 1850. But she was a celebrity even before she arrived because of Barnum's months of preparations. So, like I said, he is king of spin. He's very good at marketing and he sort of like built up some hype. Close to 40,000 people greeted her at the docks and another 20,000 at her hotel. Wow, that's a good sign. If they could all chip in three bucks each, he'd be We're absolutely loved. We're absolutely covered. I'm sure he was charging tickets for the, <laughs> for the standing <laughs> on the course. street. The press was also in attendance and Jenny Lind items were available to buy. He's already got merch. No one's heard her sing. <laughs> the Jenny Lind Barbie out. <laughs> when she realised how, how much money Barnum stood to make from the tour, she insisted on a new agreement. Huh. She's smart, which uh, which he signed on the third of September, eighteen fifty. Well, I did not expect him to do that. Yeah, that's yeah. She's I like, mean, you are underpaid, and also, by the way, everything that she's making is going to charity. Oh right, that's interesting. Sorry, what? Yeah, that's why she's fighting hard to get more money. She's like, this that's is all great. for charity. Because it does feel like it's. Uh, she's like, oh, I'm happy with that amount of money. Oh, you're doing a really good job at marketing me. <laughs> well, I want more then. Yeah. Tricky, but yeah, that's. Sounds fair enough. But it also, like, if he's, I mean, she's doing, people are there to see her. 
she should be paid accordingly. That's true, yeah. You know, it should be, I mean, I guess the the initial agreement. Yeah, Yeah, I guess, isn't that the point of the promoter is they're they're the ones wearing the risk, so they make... Oh, exactly right, yeah. But I I think the fact that, yeah, she's doing it all for charity, I'm like, yeah, no, good on you. Yeah, well, I did not, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, look, I don't, I I don't know if I've come to a strong position on this. (laughs) No, no, no. And I just realised I'm sticking right. up for this real piece of shit. Yeah, you're like, yeah I think maybe yeah. I'm more on her side just because he's a well, prick. Yeah, what about go? With, you're going to Matt back the guy that's enslaving people or the or the yeah. woman who's singing the charity. <laughs> for charity, yeah. And <laughs> and yeah, like Jess says, the the performer should be making the lion share. You'd um, think. So yeah, they come up with a new agreement. This gave her her original fee of a thousand dollars plus the remainder of each concert's profits after Barnum took. Five and a half grand management fee. Yeah, so anything right. they made above okay. that in profit, she gets. Yeah, that feels like feels more pretty than good. fair to him. So yeah, she's just determined to accumulate as much money as she can for charities. The contract also gave Lind the option of withdrawing from the tour after sixty or a hundred performances, paying Barnum twenty five thousand dollars if she did so. So she, like she's doing a minimum sixty, hopefully one hundred and fifty, but she's got two points where she can jump off if need Great. be. Sort of like on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> got the guaranteed. The point. Yeah, got the thirty-two thousand in the bank. That's that's locked. We're ready you, to go. You've got that guaranteed. Yeah. Will you risk it for the biscuit? <laughs> Lock it in. It sounds like it was a pretty wild time as well. So her first two American performances were given as charity concerts in New York City on the eleventh and thirteenth of September in eighteen fifty. At Castle Garden, now better known as Castle Clinton, tickets were sold at auction two days beforehand. 4,476 tickets were sold at a total price of $24,000. For one concert? Yep. With the theatre packed to its utmost capacity. Wow, okay. Just packed out completely. Tickets for some of her concerts were in such demand that Barnum sold them by auction and public enthusiasm was so strong that the press coined the term Lindmania. That's amazing. He's he's invented this. Yeah. This is all out of nothing. Yeah. Like, she wasn't known there at all. That is incredible. No. He'd never heard her sing. No. She didn't feel that comfortable with the commercialisation of the ticket auctions and asked that a substantial number of tickets be available at a reduced price, like a do- $1 or $2. Oh, what a legend. She, she invented I mean, the that, ballot. She's awesome. That is also uh, hurting the money she's making for charity, but yeah. for... <laughs> Yeah, but it does. But she's trying to let. The, yeah, but what's the most soothing? The thing average, of all? average person in. Yeah, what's going to help? Money or hearing her sing? Oh, true. Um, from this is from Wikipedia. So this is up after. It's like a review from one of the shows. After Lind had left the platform to tumultuous applause, Barnum took to the stage and although she had asked him not to do so, told the audience that she was taking no fee for herself and donating her entire fee of $10,000 to 12 New York charities. A reporter commented, the deafening shouts that followed the speech were absolutely indescribable. They're really staunch capitalists over there. They would have hated it. Boo! (laughs) This sentence is fun, though. Many, even among the male portion of the audience, weeping with emotion. Whoa. Men, weeping. Never heard of it. (laughs) What? It's a different time. It's possible. (laughs) I've heard of dogs crying. (laughs) Only recently. You just heard of it. Before we start, you nearly cried yourself at the concept of dogs crying. I can't believe dogs can cry. cry. It is tragic. Yeah, it is. And you're like, I know you just want food. Yeah, (laughs) That's my dog. (laughs) He's like, oh, you're in a room I can see you in. (laughs) All right. What's wrong? 
And one day they're going to invent a machine that lets dogs talk oh and they're going to be like, release us. <laughs> we live in pain. We don't want to be pets. <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> no, they're going to say, can I have a treat? <laughs> yeah. I love you. I love you. Can I have a treat? It's fun when we go outside. Can we do that now? <laughs> Whenever we go outside, I assume you're going to release me. <laughs> Matt. You always make me come back. <laughs> Your backyard is like a prison. <laughs> My dog just watches me in the shower. Okay. <laughs> oh, the Got a bit of a perv. perv. <laughs> Goose is a perv. I like to call him a perv. You know <laughs> All right, perv, get out of it. He'll just follow me as I into it. my bedroom as I get dressed. I'm like, get out of there, perv. Yeah, get out of it. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. Stop it. And he has such a, like, he's got no expression on his face. I'm like, are you disgusted by me? I don't yeah, know. That's when he's crying. <laughs> Ugly. Please, I know. I'm please, working on it. Please put some clothes on. Please. It's so white. <laughs> it blinds me. It's yes, so I white. Look away. <laughs> <laughs> look at it, my naked body is like looking directly at the sun. It burns. It burns. So that's for all you pervs out there. Don't even try it. That's right. People, I will hurt your eyes. <laughs> So anyway, people, even men, crying. I can't. Um, I can't picture it. At, they, the, at the thought of her giving to charity. They absolutely loved her. The tour That's was so a cool. massive success. I mean, she was a very talented singer. Luckily, I mean, I personally would have wanted to hear her sing before booking her for 150 shows, but that's just me. Yeah, a bit of an audition on the street. Um, so wherever the tour went, Barnum whipped up publicity, largely thanks to his 26 journalists he had on his payroll. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> He's got journos on a retainer. The best is writing like press releases and Absolutely, publishing yes. them. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's got journalists, no surgeons, though, for his autopsies. Yeah. Oh, he probably does by now. Yeah, he's, he's got one, one surgeon on retainer. Yeah, because the, the first guy, he was like, well, okay, now I know. Bribe them first. <laughs> um, so he marketed various Jenny Lind branded products, including songs, clothes, chairs, and pianos. Oh, yeah. The official Jenny Lind chair. Yeah, but sit I, on Jenny Lind. I also, <laughs> I also read there was even more marketing material made, and I'm not sure if this was him or, like, other people profiting as she sort of came to town. Yeah, like an English geezer on the street yeah, with yeah, a yeah. pile of T-shirts and chairs. <laughs> well, yes, there were shirts. <laughs> Opens a jacket with a chair inside. <laughs> Go on, have a sit on that. Have a sit. <laughs> have a sit, you toilet. Yeah. Take a load off, you toilet. <laughs> Four quid. Five squid. <laughs> <laughs> they say squid over there. It's one of the cool things. <laughs> There were Jenny Lind shirts, Jenny Lind cravats, Jenny Lind gloves, <laughs> Jenny Lind pocket handkerchiefs, Jenny Lind coats, Jenny Lind hats, and even Jenny Lind sausages. <laughs> Made from real Jenny Lind meat? Yes. Wow. Oh, no. After New, after New York, the company toured the East Coast with continued success and later went through the southern states and to Cuba. At one point, travelling by ship to Charleston, South Carolina, a short but perilous voyage during which they came close to being sunk by a storm. The Ooh. ship at one point was reported lost. Oh. It's like this crazy journey they're on. Wow. And it was supposed to be a, a three-hour tour. A three-hour <laughs> tour. And the rest. And the rest. <laughs> Jenny Lind. She'd be making the main cast. So, oh, yeah. Wh- wait, why did you say a, sh- a, bo- a boat to Charleston? Yeah. That, that feels like an inland place. Yeah, but, but I don't, I don't really know. Where's South Carolina, Dave? It's sort of east-ish, east coast. But Does were they going from Cuba or something? Up? Maybe, yeah. So were they 
call it? A wet border? Do they have a wet border? <laughs> are they wet? They do have a wet border. Okay. They, they are, they're not girt by sea, but they are near it. They got yeah, a flank? You're right, Dave. They must have been coming from Cuba. Ah, right. Thank you for that, because I was like, I'm just accepting what I've read. <laughs> um, they were lost at sea on land. <laughs> they were lost on land. And then they found their map again. Sea land. <laughs> sea land. They were lost at oh, sea man. land. What a place Sorry, I've misread there. Yeah. They were lost at sea land. Dot demon. Very busy day. <laughs> dot demon. <laughs> Fruits of the sea, dot demon. <laughs> That was their website. That's a lot of fun. Ugh. For new listeners, that was an episode about the, what do you call it, micro-nation of mm, Sealand. Sea a very popular episode. And uh, I don't know if I announced it publicly on the podcast where you posted on social media. I did finally come through and I have made Matt and Jess uh, a lord and lady, are you? Yeah, yeah lord correct. and lady of Sealand. Thank you so much, yes. So those certificates I made. Lady proudly Perkins of Sealand. Sort of made above your bed. Maybe? Uh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh-huh. Pending. Yeah. I just have to find the right nail. Must find the right command hook for that. So, Lind and Barnum parted company on the 9th of June, 1851. It was amicable and they remained on good terms afterwards, but Lind had wearied of Barnum's assertive marketing of her. She was like, this guy promotes too hard. I feel like he would be a bit much. Oh, 100%. Yeah, mm. he'd be a lot. I'm even thinking of Hugh Jackman. And I'm like, you're a, much. You're a bit much. Oh, like someone, he's like, like taking seven phone calls at once kind of he guy. He seems like a small doses kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? He's fun. Super lovely to like meet, but then if you have to have a meal with him, it's like, fuck me. Oh <laughs> you are you're too a much. lot. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh, I'm going to need you to just pipe <laughs> yeah, down sorry, a bit. Hugh. Unless you listen to podcasts. Um, you're listening to this right now, or a friend of yours is listening and has pointed you to it. Just being a bit f- funny there, and yeah. I love you. You're Let's, a national treasure. Let's have dinner. Let's have dinner. Let's do dinner. Next we'll time cook. you're in town, we'll cook. We'll cook. You bring a bottle or something nice. Yes, that's all we ask. I'll bring a puzzle. Dave will bring you love puzzles. You love puzzles and Casio keyboards. Matt, what's your uh, what's your like your specialty in the kitchen? Uh, uh, drying. Okay. <laughs> you wash, I'll dry. Okay. You wash, I'll dry. Is that a pun? That is. I'm sad, but I'll I'll claim that one. Pun master at it again. We have Hugh Jack over dinner. We make him do the. Well, actually, yeah. Fuck it. He's a person. Yeah, he, he's a fucking royalty. He will tap dancing away. Yeah, in the he'd sing while he does dishes. I reckon. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he'd and make I'd it fun. I'd try and sing along and, and go. Oh no, I'm very bad. And we're doing it. We're like, we'll do the. We're probably time to start cleaning up. He's like, I'll help. And then he's singing and dancing. We're like. Anyway, do you want tea or coffee? Yeah. Um, <laughs> nightcap. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'll grab another beer. Yeah. All right, here. Call your cab. Cool, cool. Can we, um, hmm? <laughs> right, with the house lights on. Ooh, mm-hmm. Sorry, it's got the yawns. It is a big day, isn't it? Oh. I've got another big one tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God, so. is that the time? You've got a big day too? Oh, great. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm on set in the morning, but uh, love to run some lines with you. Tell you a bit about it. Fucking hell, you get out of my house. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is still here. Get out of my house. Hugh, it has been so good. Yeah, thanks so much uh, for having me. I'm having a great time. Yeah, what uh, what should we chat about next? Oh, my God, Hugh, you are Hugh. stretching. <laughs> yeah, you are stretched. Like, leave. 
You know what um, we should talk about? Our favourite modes of exiting my fucking house. Oh, is that a board games cupboard? No. <laughs> no, no, just towels not. in there. Yeah. Just towels. Oh, fold them. Oh, I we can make a pillow fort out of <laughs> these towels Already and pillows they're you pre- have. pre-folded, Hugh. Yeah, they're all good they're clean. Go. I've put them away oh. for a reason. That's why they're in the cupboard. I've actually got a great app. Uh, it's a trivia app we could play off my phone. Oh. Hey, have you seen that YouTube video um, where the kid falls over? It's really funny. I've already spoiled it, but I'll <laughs> play it for you anyway. Do you have Chromecast? Yeah. Oh. What's, What's the Wi-Fi? What's Wi-Fi? Oh, Hugh, yeah, Wi-Fi's down at the moment. Yeah, and I can't see YouTube. <laughs> Actually, I'm YouTube blind. So. Rare condition. I can't see. Just fucking leave you. <laughs> All right. That's how it happened. Matt and I. Are just we doing a scene feeling right now? And Dave just. <laughs> Dave would snap because <laughs> he wouldn't think it'd be him. All right. Too nice. <laughs> Jesus. I never had this problem with Russell Crowe. He knew when to fuck off. <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. So that she's like, I've, this has been a bit much. I'm gonna. <laughs> she continued touring America, but just solo. She's like, I'll, I'll handle it. I'll mates. take it from here. So she gave 93 concerts in America for Barnum, earning her about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, while Barnum netted at least a half a million, equivalent to fifteen million now. Fucking hell. He made a lot of money. And she obviously gave a lot to charity. Then. Yeah. Yep. So he really like the, this gamble has paid off big time. Yes, because he mortgaged the mansion. Yeah, you know it doesn't get much bigger of a gamble than that. Yeah, Morgan the ma- Morgan the Mor- mansion. <laughs> <laughs> so you, do you do? Are you so casual with it that you have a phrase? Just got to morgue the mansion. Yeah, I got to morgue the man. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wednesday. Morgue the mansion. Yeah, morgue the mansion. Don't worry, baby. I've done this a million times. Always pays off. Going to morgue, morgue one of the mansion. <laughs> God, one of the one of the many men. Nobody let me be in charge of money. Oh no, Jesse, you're Morgan the Manch. Well, the problem in. was you let me buy a manch. Oh, no, you fool! I can't afford a manch. Oh, no. <laughs> now I've got a mortgage. Point zero five percent. Do you know what happened to the minister? Did he get his cash back? Did he? Was he? Oh, was it an investment so. from him? Was he making profits? Surely. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It could have been a donation. Surely that would be fucked. That would be annoying if you donate to help because you're like, all right, I'll help you out. Sounds good. And then you see them making millions yeah. of dollars. You want to pay me back? Yeah, or... I'd want that with some interest. A bit like those uh, companies that received JobKeeper in Australia and have <laughs> somehow made hundreds of millions of dollars in time. Yeah. Anyway. Good fun. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. 
Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So, okay, back from this gigantic tour... What do you do next? Well, he wanted to change public attitudes about the theatre, which was widely seen as the den of evil. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the other way around. Like he had a vendetta against theatre. Like, <laughs> you might like theatre, but I'm going to ruin that. I'm going to shit in every seat, and then you're going to go in and go, wow. this place smells bad, <laughs> yeah. and I sat in some shit. I'm never going back Luckily, to Luckily, the it was a great show. <laughs> Normally, that would be a, you know, a deal, deal breaker, breaker for me, yeah. but not in this case. So does he do it, and does he become... The Shakespeare of the theatre. Is that the nickname they gave him? Yes. The Bard of the Boards. (laughs) It's almost something. It's almost something. (laughs) He wanted to change the perception of theatres to be respectable middle-class entertainment. The Den of Evil. He built New York City's largest and most modern theatre, naming it the Moral Lecture Room. Okay. He hoped that this would avoid seedy connotations and attract a family crowd. Right before it was called the like the sex pit. Yeah, and he was like, hmm. I think that we could rebrand here. Let's call it God is here. God is here. Come God on is in. in the house. God is in the house. It's nice in here. Is it? So is this on Broadway? I don't know. God, that sort of sounds like maybe this is early Broadway or something. Not that I understand... How old Broadway is or anything. But it, you said New York. Is yes. that where Broadway is? Yes, yes it is. Hmm. Hmm. What so was it called? I want to look it up. Moral see Lecture Room. If it's, I'll see if the Moral Lecture Room is still running Probably today. We've all been there. Probably got cats. So he started, this is weird, he started the nation's first theatrical matinees to encourage families and lessen the fear of crime. <laughs> Come to the the show in the middle of the day. How are you going to get robbed in the middle of the day? No one's ever been robbed in the middle of the day. No one. Not one. Um, So he opened with The Drunkard, a thinly disguised temperance lecture, as he himself had become anti-alcohol since returning from Europe. He followed that with melodramas, farces and historical plays put on by highly regarded actors. So he's getting good people in too. Okay. It's a moral lecture... Theatre, anything? Nothing. Nothing's coming up interesting. here. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> oh, I thought that you were about to say something happened to it. No. No, okay. Be like, oh, Matt, that might not exist anymore because dramatic fire. <laughs> there was a sinkhole. Uh, there's no earth there anymore. Turns out he imagined yeah. it. And that is now Central Park. <laughs> yeah. mm, thank you, PT Barnum, <laughs> yeah. for Central Park. 
Um, from Wiki as well, it says he organised flower shows, beauty contests, dog shows and poultry contests. Wow. But the most popular were baby contests, such as the fattest baby or the handsomest twin. <laughs> the handsomest twin. How fucked is that? Why oh. are you giving a kid a complex? Is that a competition of two? Against the twin? Of the two, you are the handsomest <laughs> twin. Not you, ugly. I was pointing at them. <laughs> Gross. That's weird. Each yep. set has a 50-50 shot yeah. of taking out the prize. And whoever loses gets adopted. Oh, wow. wow. That is a high stake. Mm. By P.T. Barnum, he's going to put you in a cage. Yep. The he, fattest baby sounds dangerous, though, doesn't it? Yeah, because people are just really fatten, fatten up, up their, their baby. baby. Yeah, that's not healthy. Just feed the baby, you know. Yeah, if they're naturally needs. got a bit of baby fat, oh, that's the okay. best. Not right, a big fan cute. of baby competitions at all. Really? Let's keep the babies out of the competition. What about the Bonds baby search? Thank you. Well, that's one that comes to mind. <laughs> um, they're also doing dogs now. The dogs baby search. The Bonds, yeah. I mean, the bo- fuck, fuck that up. Dogs are now sponsoring their own baby search. <laughs> <laughs> These hungry dogs. Yeah, we, dog. That's right. If, we could, if only ba- uh, dogs could talk. Dingoes. I'd like to Dingoes eat Dingoes are sponsoring. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why. You, and then the, uh, what do you reckon Humphrey's voice sounds like? Hello. And the first thing he says to you is, I want to eat that. I'd baby. like to eat a baby. <laughs> Like, I'm turning that voice off yeah. now. Sorry, sorry. It's hard to think of how cute he is if that's what he's saying. Humphrey is Dave's dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not my baby. Hello, I'd like to eat another baby. Yeah. So My twin. My ugly twin. Hmm. So, but, so Bonds have a dog search now. Yeah. Wow, there you go. Okay. Very good. Um, oh, Dave's. Why? Don't make a note in your phone. <laughs> he's Googling it. <laughs> Not googling nice, it, nice. Dave. We don't have time for you to sign up. Not for this right dog now. Search. You can do it after. I've the already show. invited you both to like it. <laughs> my entry. He also decided to get back into the publishing game, starting the pictorial weekly newspaper, Illustrated News. God, it, that's a shocking title. Yeah, it's real bad. There's another bad title coming up. Illustrated News. That's bad. You reckon? No, the whole thing, the pictorial and illustrated. Oh, that is that a description or the name of it? Description. Oh, sorry. I thought that was all. No, it's just called Illustrated News. Okay. I thought it was. What was What was the sentence that described it? Pictorial Weekly Newspaper Illustrated That news. does kind of sound like how <laughs> yeah. they used to name things. Yes, honestly, yeah. The fantabulous like, conceptualism. Yeah, 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 great. Buzzword, buzzword, buzzword product. This one is just Illustrated News. Okay. How do you feel about that? That's, a, that's pretty good. And he published an autobiography the following year, which sold more than a million copies. It was creatively titled Life of P.T. Barnum. Wow. I like that. Yeah. The that fabulous contraption. What a showman. <laughs> he really knows how to sex something yeah, up. Yeah, he's a king of marketing. Wow. <laughs> so, but a million copies, that's huge. Massive. I've just seen a photo of him. He would be stoked that he's uh, quite Hugh ugly. Jackman <laughs> he's not. He's quite He's not ugly. Hugh. Oh, look, you know, not his value. His value is uh, how he... Um, comes up with titles. Comes up with titles and... Uh, oh, dear. He... Uh, but also, I mean, we've talked about this before. Poorly. It's so hard to have any concept of because uh, people talked about him as being he's fairly charismatic. I think yeah. bit of a tight ass, but had like bright blue eyes, a little bit balding, a little bit of a pot belly. But you know, he was yep. like he's quite tall. He's like six two. He's got a strong look. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm just saying no, he's no but, Hugh Jackman. But who is by modern but standards? Who is Ryan Gosling? Okay, Ryan Gosling, the he's modern Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. <laughs> The Canadian Hugh Jackman. <laughs> In the mid-1850s, financial strife struck Barnum. Well, that was fun to say. 
He had an investment. He'd invested a great deal of money in the Jerome Clock Company to help him develop the uh, the East Bridgeport in Connecticut area. But the company went bankrupt in 1856, taking his fortune with them. Shit, because his fortune was huge. Yeah, well, wow. like he's lost a lot. Um, he doesn't. He's not a quitter while he's ahead kind of guy. Yeah, mm. or not like a. I've made so much money. I want to put a chunk of it away. As little buffer. Yeah, he's, no, a no, he's no, all no. in every time. No buffer. So this started four years of litigation and public humiliation. Some people pitied him. Some celebrated his misfortune because he's like, he's not universally so adored. De- device, yeah. divisive even back then. Yeah. But as I mentioned earlier, Charles Stratton, or General Tom Thumb is his character name, stepped in and the two of them went on another European tour to make some cash. You know what I reckon would have been real divisive about him? How he just sort of broke in a song all the time. Yeah. Fuck, that would be annoying. I'm out of money. (laughs) Oh, there he goes. Here he bloody goes. Feeling blue. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, please. I will honestly pay you to stop singing. And that is how he built his fortune back. (laughs) Every street corner he'd start singing. People are like, oh, no. Shut up. Shut up, PT. And that's how he does it. He also started a lecture tour, mostly as a temperance speaker. Like abstaining from alcohol. Oh, right. Uh, by 1860. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. What a fun guy. <laughs> fun dude. By 1860, he emerged from debt and built a mansion, <laughs> which he called Lindencroft, and he resumed ownership of his museum. So he just bailed himself out within a few years. Right. So he's fine. Back on his feet. I think yes. these, these kind of guys, they, you know, like a normal person goes bankrupt and goes, fuck, I shouldn't be so reckless. Yeah. I'm just going to, I had a shot. I didn't make it. But then the guys who end up, you know, the, all the super rich people, they, they've gone bankrupt a million times. And they come back and go, well, I came back. Yeah. and they, I, I could do, do it again. again. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it's sort of like he, he just he, he doesn't quit and he just keeps going. He's got this tenacity for doing what he does. But, you know, if you'd forgotten some of the fucked stuff he did and were happy that he got himself out of financial ruin, well, strap in because he does some more fucked stuff. Okay. So in 1860, Barnum introduced Man Monkey, <laughs> whose real name was William Henry Johnson. Uh, he was an African-American little person with microcephaly, a medical condition involving a shorter-than-normal head. Man Monkey spoke a mysterious language made up by Barnum okay. and was used as an exhibit in Barnum's shows. So he's a linguist now. Yeah, he's making up languages. For this man monkey. Oh, my God. I know. It's so fucking gross. And then this is what kind of interesting. He went on to create America's first aquarium and to expand the wax figure department of his museum. That part's less interesting. First aquarium, though. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. In the world? American. American. Wow. Okay. Bit interesting, isn't so it? So that, that, that beat... Melbourne's uh, aquarium, the Sea Life Aquarium, the Sea Life Aquarium. Well, what year was that built? Oh shit! They might have, he might have just pipped early two thousands. He might yeah. have just pipped them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. I always thought of maybe that was the first in the Southern Hemisphere. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Someone the other day described Melbourne Comedy Festival as the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm like, I love that. That's I love so claiming because it's actually the third biggest in the world. So, which is way more impressive. That sounds yeah. huge, yeah. doesn't it? But it's I love framing it's like, things. No, as it's the bigger biggest. than the Cape Town Comedy Festival. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I know. And if actually, I would argue that any body of water is an aquarium. 
Oh, wow. Uh, yes. If Wild and aquarium. your eyes are windows. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so you could look at fish through windows anytime you want. Just Whoa. stick your head in a bucket. Your eyes are a glass bottom boat. <laughs> if there's a fish in the bucket, stick your head in there. <laughs> You're, if you're upside down in the water, your body's a boat yep. and your eyes are a glass bottom. Oh, my God. Think about it. Wow. Or if you've got a glass tush. You've Which I got, do. You've already got a glass bottom. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of cool. America's first aquarium. But let's exploit some more people. Uh, in 1862, he discovered giantess Anna Swan, a Canadian woman who was 7 foot 11. Wow. That is very that is tall. tall. Very tall. And <clears throat> Commodore Nutt. It's a good name, isn't it? Um, another little person to replace his original Tom Thumb. So he's just kind of, I don't know, it, it feels so weird to exploit people for the things that make them different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just yuck. make, yeah, well, that's right. I mean, that's literally what he's doing, right? He's making yeah. money out of people. Yeah, for just being who they are. But, I mean, you said the film sort of sold that as... He yeah. was accepting of them all and they didn't have places they could be, so he was giving them... Because it was know, a different time? Yeah. But it... And may, like, I don't know. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of that, but it also still feels gross, doesn't it? Jess, I really need you to give us a definitive answer here. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, my time machine is in the shop. I did not get to go back and oh. interview them, as I normally would, of course. Yeah. Um, that's why this podcast has such expensive overheads. Yeah. You, you <laughs> did chat to travel. Hugh, though. Oh, I chatted to Hugh, and how, of course. What did Hugh say? Oh, my God, what didn't he say? <laughs> oh, he my God. my fucking house. <laughs> and I was also like, why are we at my house? You know? Hugh. You're Hugh fucking Jackman. Yeah, can wow. I go? Even if you don't live in this city... If you like stay, if you're here, you're staying in a penthouse somewhere. Why are we at my shitty apartment? No, well, the problem is you have to morg the merch. <laughs> morg the merch. <laughs> he's more. He's morging his own merch. Yeah. yeah, that's tragic. It is. It's pretty bleak for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I tell you what, uh, it was pretty bleak when the old undertaker had to morg the morgue. <laughs> oh I'm morging this morgue. Is that anything? Edit it out. I will not. Edit it out. Edit it out. As oh my god! I was I was just looking up Hugh Jackman to see what he's up to now, and it says people. Where also is he ask, now? Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it's like a live camera. <laughs> <laughs> but it says people also ask. Number one is what is Hugh Jackman worth? The second one is is Hugh Jackman a nice guy? Oh, what's the answer? What's the top answer? With over a decade and a half of experience, Jackman has acquired the label of nicest guy in Hollywood. He's what? opted this out. This is of, an old story. A decade and a half experience of being a nice guy. Oh yeah, when was that? Who is Hugh Jackman's best friend? Or okay. oh, who is it? Is Gus it one of us? Warland. One of us three. Oh, hang on. What? What? Isn't that guy that goes to cricket things? He was shitting all over Gus at the dinner party we had. Oh my god, he couldn't say a nice thing about it. I had to change the subject. Oh boy, a lot of vitriol. Yeah, I. This is awkward. Did he even mention Magneto? Let's stop talking about Hugh Jackman. He doesn't need our free publicity. Oh, no. <laughs> He's making a mozza of, of this right now, <laughs> <laughs> which he needs because he had to mug the mug the mug mansh and, and the, the merch <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> yeah, he's like, just take it all. Take it. Um, during the Civil War, his museum drew large audiences seeking diversion from the conflict. 
He added pro-unionist ex- exhibits, lectures, and dramas, and he hired Pauline Cushman in 1864. I oh, got the Cush. An actress Great get. who had served as a spy for the Union to lecture about her thrilling adventures behind Confederate lines. Oh, that Union. Right. I was wondering if it was the CFMEU. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on. So he's pro-Union, mm-hmm. but he is essentially enslaving people? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like a, yeah, uh, yep. I suppose he's the kind of guy that's like, which one will make me more money? I'll be on Probably. Barnum's unionist sympathies were obviously not appreciated by Confederate sympathisers. Barnum's American Museum burned to the ground on July 13, 1865 from a fire of an unknown origin. Oh, dear. Barnum re-established it in another location in New York City, but this was also destroyed by fire in March 1868. Oh. So first one burns down in July. He somehow moves it, re-establishes it within six months, and then it burns down again. That's in bad March luck. The next that year. is unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> Although having oh, it's a... not the next year. Sorry, it was three years later. My bad. I read that wrong. Watching those wax figures slowly <laughs> melt. <laughs> <laughs> the George Washington yeah. figure is just melting. Not Ross world. from Friends. <laughs> oh, no. Ross. Everyone's third favourite character. <laughs> Ross is, is not my third. <laughs> you want to put I top three? Ross. Top three. We probably talked about this on we the have Friends yeah, episode. I have talked about how I think Ross is probably my fave. So. Ah, top right. Mark. I think Rachel's actually underappreciated. She gets funnier. Yeah, right. Um. Anyway... I like Gunther is probably what I would have said last time. <laughs> Very, what a funny person to say. Yeah. He's in the, he's the coffee guy. He's the coffee guy. Um so yeah, the he is the coffee guy. <laughs> so yeah. I know yeah, I've watched a few apps. Yeah. <laughs> he's a coffee guy. He serves the coffee. Uh anyway, so yeah, it's burnt down, destroyed by fire again in March of eighteen sixty eight. The loss was too great the second time and Barnum retired from the museum business. He's done. Oh, wow. It would be, you'd start to go, ah, if they're just going to burn it down, I'll probably yeah. cut my losses. But that's what they want, unless he was one of those, that's what they want me to do. Yeah, and also he doesn't seem to cut losses really well. I'm just going to make it less flammable next time. Hmm. Hmm. Going to make it all out of asbestos. <laughs> huh? That'll show them. Nothing can go wrong from here. <laughs> I'm going to hand cut all the pieces. <laughs> So by this time, it's 1868, he's in his late 50s, surely just a quiet retirement. Surely right? he'll die next week. He does seem like a real quiet retirement guy. <laughs> nah. At the age of 60, he entered the circus biz. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot that that's what he's famous for. I was thinking that maybe the um, sort of the museum he'd set up was circus circus right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, he's already done that. But he hasn't done that bit yet. Right. All right. Nah. So he established P.T. Barnum's Grand Travelling Museum, Menagerie, Caravan and Hippodrome. Oh, that's with hippos. I don't know what a hippodrome is, actually. Does it's got to be a hippo is? thing. You seen that video of the hippo jumping out of the water after running? <laughs> yeah, Hugh Jackman showed me it four times. <laughs> Okay, it says the Hippodrome was an ancient Greek stadium for horse racing and chariot racing. Why call it a hippodrome? It's a horsodrome. <laughs> Come on, Rome. Horsodrome. Horsodrome. <laughs> oh, that was Greek. Sorry, you said Greek. Fuck. Same diff. <laughs> Across the next decade, it changed names many, many times, and none of them catchy. P.T. Barnum's Travelling World's Fair, Great Roman Hippodrome, and Greatest Show on Earth. What? 
Oh, that they were three titles or one That's title? That's one. No, no. Good. Why are there ends in there? That's the biggest thing on a poster you'll ever see. And P.T. Barnum's Greatest Show on Earth and The Greatest London Circus, Sanger's Royal British Menagerie and The Grand International Allied Shows United. Surely The Greatest Show on Earth is enough. That's enough. Then you're going to, like, the, the next one's The Greatest Something in London. It's like, well, you've already done The Greatest in the World. How, yeah, why are you downgrading? We all assume there's a menagerie in The Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah. And the other thing. And a hippodrome. Hippodrome. All great shows all have, great a hippodrome. have a hippodrome. All great things have a hippodrome. So, in amongst this time, Barnum's wife, Charity, passed away in November 1873. They'd been married for 44 years. Um, the following year, he remarried. His new wife was the daughter of one of his friends, John Fish. Nancy Fish was 40 years younger than her new husband. And a real fish. <laughs> With the body of a monkey. <laughs> but he loved her. And still... The show must go on and the money must be made. In 1881, his circus merged with James Bailey and James Hutchison, soon shortened to Barnum and Bailey. The show's first... Well, Hutchison really got the... I know. Sucked short in Hutchison. straw there. Barnum, Bailey and Hutchison. Sorry, mate. We're going for alliteration here. Yeah. We're trying to keep it snappy. <laughs> Some of the feedback we've had is the titles are a bit confusing. Yeah, they're a bit long. So because of that, we're giving you no money. <laughs> Thank you. The show's first primary attraction was Jumbo, an African elephant that Barnum purchased in 1882 from the London Zoo. The Barnum and Bailey Circus still contained acts similar to his travelling menagerie, including acrobats, freak shows and General Tom Thumb. Barnum persisted in growing the circus in spite of more fires, train disasters and other setbacks, (laughs) and he was aided by circus professionals who ran the daily operations. He and Bailey split up in 1885, but they came back together in 88 with the Barnum and Bailey Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah, stick to that. Yeah, now we're getting close here. But have you stopped there or is there more? Yeah, that is it. There's more. Later, Barnum and Bailey Circus toured the world. So they're keeping it a bit snappier now. He's in his his 70s now, isn't he? Late 70s. Yep. Barnum and Bailey merged with Ringling Bros in 1919 and the company only went defunct a few years ago in 2017. So it yeah, right. ran that entire time. Obviously in a few different forms, but... The world has gone past circus, right? Apart from Not the Cirque one you said du before. Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. Which means oh, yes. Circus of the Sun. Ah. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Cirque of the Soleil. Yeah. Thank you. I saw, I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw their show Ovo about an egg. Oh. Wow. It was They're really eggs. specific. They've got one about everything. The Beatles... Egg. egg. I hate eggs too. Why did I go yeah, to that? Why did you go to that one? Cheap tickets through my then workplace. Right. Egg. Egg. It was great. I was meant to go last year for the first ever time. Oh, tickets for happened? Christmas from my sister. What happened? Cancelled. Why? They cancelled. Yeah. Frustrated. Very flaky. Why? <laughs> Some sort of world event. I'm not oh, sure. No. Something interrupted them. Whatever. Liars. Couldn't be fucked. <laughs> So he's done um, uh, publishing. He's written a book. He's toured the world uh, and publicised a singer. He's guessed how much a house costs or how many rooms they have. He's done that. (laughs) Uh, Museums, circuses, uh, whatever. Now, obviously, next step, politics. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Barnum claimed that politics were always distasteful to me, yet he was elected to the Connecticut legislature legislature in 1865 as Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) 
as Republican representative for Fairfield and served four terms. But politics. How long are the terms? This is in, into his 70s. Yeah. He ran for four, Congress. Four years. So he's in there till pushing towards 90. He Well, Bloody yeah. Hell. He ran. F- no, 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 no. He ran for Congress in 1867. Oh, so jump back slightly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, don't worry. He's not 100 years old. <laughs> he's not 100 he's years old. trying to break his own record. He's in a circus as the world's oldest politician. <laughs> yeah. How, is it, how weird is this, though? He ran for Congress and lost to his third cousin, William oh. Henry Barnum. Ah. How funny is that? I suppose. I mean, I've got a lot of cousins. I'm sure one of them would pit me to the post for Damn, Congress. Pricks. A third cousin's the kind of ones that you have, like, hundreds of. Probably. And I think they're the ones you can fuck. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. Jess, why have you looked into that? <laughs> I haven't. I said, that's why I said I think. <laughs> waiting on an email back. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my cousin Barry are waiting on an email. <laughs> Fingers crossed emoji. <laughs> uh, do I, sometimes I speak and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Jess. No, Please, this no. podcast would be way worse. <laughs> never shut up. <laughs> Um, in 1875, he worked as a mayor of Bridgeport, Connecticut. The, like the, a female horse. <laughs> <laughs> in the Hippodrome. <laughs> hey, this is a town that he was like trying to invest lots of money in sort of um, building up and developing this town. He was the mayor of it for a while. Can you say it just for the American uh, listeners? Say it how they say it. <laughs> and for my benefit. Mayor. <laughs> Mr. Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I do declare, Mr. Mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Americans. They say most words better than us. Maya. I love that. That water. That sucks. Water. Water. Well, we both say it with a D then. Water. Yeah, we say water. And what do they say? Water. (laughs) (laughs) It's a more subtle difference, that one. (laughs) That's not like you're doing your Ellen DeGeneres impression. Can you do any other words in that voice? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Spot on. <laughs> Sorry to any Americans who got very confused that the uh, channel had changed. Oh my goodness. Their is, local radio. Is that Alan? <laughs> no. <laughs> you saying Alan or Ellen? <laughs> is that Alan? <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Who? Is that Alan DeGeneres? Is, is that the Alan's mayor? Dad Alan? <laughs> <sighs> but anyway. All questionable things must come to an oh, end. Oh, don't say that. So he hasn't <laughs> lived. He hasn't lived. He could, he'd be about 160 right now. <laughs> He's got so much more to give. So many more careers to forge and fail at. <laughs> Sadly, Dave, I'm so sorry to tell you, your hero, P.T. Barnum. No, not Phineas. <laughs> whatever the T stood for. Taylor. Phineas Taylor. He died from a stroke in 1891 at the age of 80. Oh. Fuck, he packed a lot into life, The hey? same age as uh, his initial yes, Joyce. slave performer. That's right. Um, and just an interesting little fun fact. I don't know, it's a fun, probably a bit grim. He's buried, <laughs> Matt, you decide. Yeah. He's buried in Mountain Grove Cemetery in Bridgeport, Connecticut, a cemetery that he designed. No, that's a fun <laughs> fact. That's kind of oh, nice, I you, guess. Well, you, you know if it's fun. It's not grim. All right, great. Do you think um, people at the time when it was big called him Payte? For his initials? Pate. Pate. No, I think they called him P.T. Barnum. Oh, but you're saying an Australian accent. I think in America they say Pate Barnum. Oh, Pate Barnum, I do declare, <laughs> Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor, Pate. 
And that is the story of maybe not the greatest showman. No, it sounds like the greatest, well, not even the greatest piece of shit, but just a piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, good on him. It's Uh. it's so hard to look at these things because it's so long ago as well. It's not not even like you go, oh, it was 20 years ago. It was a different time. This is 100. Like, it's so long ago. Nah, he's cancelled. Yeah, no. fuck him. <laughs> really? I don't think Hugh read his Wikipedia page before he yeah. said yes to the character. What are you thinking, Hugh? Let's have a chat to him next time. Honestly, it was Sam. a different time. But, you know, there's things can be, you know, they can be they can be complicated. Mm. You know, it's not black and white. Yeah. There's areas of grey in between. Yeah. He was a piece of shit yeah. who had some success in business. That's right. You know, he can be both of those things. Yes. And he wants to. He wants to be everything, this guy. Yeah. That was a fascinating report, Jess. I knew nothing about I the guy. I do declare I knew nothing of that. Sorry. I do declare. Thank you. I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, what are you, what's he saying over there? So thank you uh, very much for bringing that to my attention. Well, thank you to all the people that suggested it. Um, I had to do a little bit of digging around in the hat to find all the suggestions. Some people had sort of said The Greatest Showman. Other people had talked about the circus more specifically. So if I missed you, I'm, I'm sorry. I tried to find everybody who'd um, suggested that, you know, broad topic. But, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. The film is, I, I would say it's fine. If you're in the mood for just something kind of easy to watch, like I said, Hungover Sunday, <laughs> chuck Skip it on. Skip the songs. Unless yeah. that's what you're Some into. Some of them are pretty I good. I think people quite like songs. Yeah. Not everyone hates it when they go, ba ba da da like, oh. <laughs> oh no. You hear the it. strings sort of floating in. Yeah. You're like, fucking here we go. Hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, we maybe we should say we we probably don't say it all that often. Uh, the way to suggest a topic is there's a on our website dogonpod.com. There's a button you can push submit a topic. Anyone can submit a topic. You don't have to be a a Patreon supporter or anything like that. Uh, anyone can suggest a topic, and if your topic comes out, you will get thanked unless Jess can't find your name. Well, that's really more on you than on me. <laughs> You've probably written it be in a weird way. Findable. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was fascinating. Knew nothing of him. All I'd, I'd never heard of him before that movie came out. Mm. But yeah, apparently yeah, he's quite a. He was obviously quite a big deal. Yeah. In his time. Yeah. And in his country. I mean, fuck! He made so much money uh, off other people's talent. <laughs> yeah. I guess he was just good at marketing, or yeah, a total gamble with Jenny Lind, but paid off for both of them. So during his life, Jess or Dave. What what kind of what, what did America go through in his life from eighteen ten to eighteen ninety one? What kind of things were happening over there? In that well, time? the Civil War. We the Civil about. War was in that time, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that was a pretty hectic time he yeah. lived through. Yeah, it's just it's interesting to get the other side of that because we often will talk about like historical conflicts or some stuff like that sometimes, but then to be like, and this is what they were doing for fun, you know, in their spare time, yeah. they. Go watch a singer they've not heard of and fight for tickets. Yeah. Oh, and watch her arrive on the docks. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm. Um, well, Jess, I do declare that that brings us to everyone's <laughs> favourite section of the episode, the fact, quote, or question section. And the way you can get involved in this is, uh, or I should say first, there's a little jingle, I believe. Fact, quote, or And the way to get involved in this, the reason it's everyone's favourite section is because uh, listeners or patron supporters give us a fact, a quote, or a question, and they're always great fun. Uh, and the way to get involved in this is to go to patreon.com 
slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com and support us at the Sydney Scheinberg level. Doc's memorial package, rest in peace. Jeez, I regretted saying that longer at the start. Now I do it every time. I'm, <laughs> I'm going back. I'm just shortening it again. The Sydney Scheinberg level and... Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> memorial edition. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, you can get involved there. There's heaps of different rewards if you want to support us. You get There's three bonus episodes per month on one level and above. You get to vote for topics like uh, Jess's topic today was voted by this level. Um, you can also uh, get into the Facebook group, which people often call the kindest and most positive corner of the internet. Um, there's a weekly newsletter that Jess puts together. All, uh, all sorts of different things. But anyway... For this particular thing, you have to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. First up, we've got Sophie Shooter. Now, she's corrected me on the pronunciation now. Dave's giving me the thumb. I reckon that's right. <laughs> Great. So, thumb up, I should say. Thumb is without He's giving it. you the thumb. He's giving me the thumb. Ow, He's giving me that, that side thumb. Which way is it going to go? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Sophie Shooter, who's the given herself the title of Head of Administration... Swaps division. Oh, of course. Of course. This is another fun thing that um, a bunch of our supporters do with uh, Sophie's guidance. She's organised two different swaps mm. from listeners from all around the world. One of them was a book swap and one of them was a snack swap. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great seeing all the, the photos of what everyone sent each other. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's why it's sort of just it's just a nice place where they're often doing fun things where we pop in and out, but mainly it's just um, supporters chatting to each other and whatnot, and it's, yeah, it's very nice. Um, so Sophie has given us a fact, and I don't read these, so I read them out. So here we go. This one's a fact from Sophie. On the day this gets read out, I'm going to launch the next swap on the Patreon Facebook page. Oh, whoa, you heard it here first. So I'm just using my powers here to tell everyone, sign up to the keyring swap. Going live soon. Oh, keyring key swap. Ring. The obvious next step. I love a key ring. Done books, done snacks. Key rings. Key rings. Obviously. A, I think it's a good idea. That's fun. Yeah. Great work, Sophie. So if you want to be involved in that, um, sign up to the Patreon at any level. Any level you get in there. And then uh, once you sign up, uh, you get a, a message with instructions about how to join the pa- uh, the Facebook group. And then I've got to go in and uh, manually <laughs> let you in. But just put your email address in there and then I'll, I'll uh, cross-check it and... Uh, do that, which is great fun. I love admin. So, um, <laughs> yeah, get involved in that. Sophie Shooter, what a legend. Say hi to her and look out for her post if you want to get involved in that. I love that she's also confident that she's going to be listening on the day. <laughs> yeah. Like she must only listen on the day of that they come out. Or, or maybe, true. I hope it hasn't caused her any stress. She skips the report now. Yeah. Straight to this bit. Nope, not me. All right. Uh, thank you, Sophie. That's a great idea. Love it. Um, looking forward to seeing photos of people around the world with a key ring from mm. somewhere else. Beautiful. Uh, I reckon uh, the Saints online shop, uh, saints.com.au, would Fantastic. be a great spot to get some key rings. I'm sure they do some official Saints merch key rings. Uh, the next one here comes from, do we do key rings? Why am I plugging a different? We should do key rings. We yeah. We've got to get in on the key ring action. Yeah. It's big business I hear. <laughs> PT would approve. Uh, How else are you going to, like, Keep your keys in one spot. Mm, exactly. They're flying all over the shop. This next one comes from Carolyn Slater, who's given herself the title of cabin crew responsible for in-flight service delivery and checking that you are feeling okay. A great and important job. Oh, my God. Thank you, Thank Carolyn. Thank you. I would love a cup. Please don't wake <laughs> me to check. That would yeah. be the only time. 
If Sorry. I'm asleep, <clears throat> I'm fine. Are you okay? <laughs> you right? Well, I was. Yeah. I was having a beautiful dream. Yeah, yeah well, you were screaming <laughs> loudly. <laughs> 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 I was having a picnic with my Sir, family. Sir, you okay? Oh, how rude. <laughs> uh, Carolyn's asked us a question, and here is the question. My question is for Matt. Oh, that's me. How well are you sleeping? <gasps> I, can rem- uh, I can't answer for Matt. Oh, how funny. <laughs> this oh, is dude, how funny after what we just said. I uh, said, my question is for Matt. How well are you sleeping? I can't answer for Matt, but nighttime sleep is a struggle for me, and I'm interested in any good sleep tips just after we're doing that, uh, that nightmare scream. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> uh, at the same time, I love to sleep. I love sleep. I love a nap. If oh. I could nap every day, I would. I'm on board with Carolyn, that. you sound like me. Um, yeah, I I sleep through the night. I just wake up tired, mm. and I'm I still haven't figured out why. It's possibly because I don't breathe properly through my nose. Uh, that's what one doctor said. And I, I might be getting an operation on that. <laughs> Is this oversharing now? But but basically, I, um, yeah, I'm sleep. I I feel like I'm sleeping okay, but I'm not actually getting good quality sleep. So. But still looking into different things and trying to fix some stuff. But uh, any good sleep tips? What I've started doing, and I really have been meaning to ask Jess about this because you're the king of this, <laughs> the uh, eye mask. Yeah. I bought bought one recently online that's an eye mask with a like a um, headphones in it, Ooh. which is really good. And I, I did have a wireless one, but then I read that they're not – Real sure if that's a good idea to have um, Bluetooth tech on your head for right. long periods of time, like say eight hours overnight. Sure. So I I've stopped using that and I I got a, a plug in one, which has been good. But now the mask slips down my face, and it about three nights ago I woke up gasping for air, and the <laughs> mask was covering my mouth. And like I said, I can't breathe through my nose very well. So blasting like an audio book or something <laughs> yeah, into my cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, the, generally, I think it's a good idea because it helps just take out the, uh, the light factor because yeah. I don't have great quality blinds, something I'll look into, but light comes in a, a fair bit. So I wear those. But did you have a tip on a good quality eye mask? No, nah, mine is from Kmart. Okay. It makes me look like a unicorn. Oh, great. <laughs> I, want, I saw one recently that I wanted to get that was made of silk. I thought that would be quite yeah. soft on the old... On the old eyes. I've got a silk one that says bop on it. Is it nicer than a It's pretty non- good. Non-silk? I don't use eye masks that much. Uh, I tend to just drug myself. Okay. Yeah. And is that a good tip? Uh, probably not. Long term, no. Take some melatonin. Now, if you're in Australia, you're going to want to order that from overseas. Okay. Anything you get over the counter here is too low a dose. You're going to want 10 milligram. Actually, 10's a little high. You probably want five. Take one of those... Help you get to sleep, uh, stay asleep. Uh, what we're saying here, is that legal? <laughs> what we it? should say is speak to a medical professional before <laughs> no, you no, order no, no, anything no. <laughs> medicinal no. in any way. What does melatonin do? It's a, it's a natural thing. We create melatonin anyway. Oh, right. But if you take it too regularly, you can feel a bit blue, so then you're supposed to balance it out with vitamin D. Oh, oh my no. God, no. no. It's bad. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. It's not good. Suddenly, you're, you're shooting up. And then, yeah, it's like one thing leads to another, and you, you're, you're going to need a little hair to even out that, yeah, that's right. that yeah. vitamin need, D buff. You're going to need an upper and a downer and, at the same time. And then you're going to sleep for 18 hours, and you're going to wake up feeling pretty average. <laughs> you wake up in a prison cell. <laughs> um, 
Dave, do you have any tips that people can follow? Are you a good sleeper, Dave? Uh, I think I... Well, no, actually, no. I wake up choking a lot. Um, <laughs> and not because of an eye mask. <laughs> um, I love to hug a pillow. I cannot talk up hugging pillows enough. Do you have a, one of those pillows that's got, like, a fake arm coming yeah. off it? Do you have a boyfriend pillow? <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> no, I, I just have a regular pillow that I hug, and then what I find is in the morning when the light comes in, I just pull it up a bit, and it covers the oh, light. Oh, that's good. So then I'm hugging, and I'm in the dark. Right. Feels hugging fantastic. in the dark. The day before you <laughs> Hugging in the dark. <laughs> what a virgin thing to say. <laughs> I love to hug. Uh, yeah, oh, um, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but maybe we could do a bit of hugging in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong. Hey, nothing wrong hey, with that. Nothing wrong all right. with that. that. And that's great that you felt comfortable yeah. saying that, expressing yeah. that. That's really right. important. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell people to dope themselves up. That's really important. I mean, yeah, no, I was just, yeah. No, that's true. Don't hey, listen what, to me. What it's works just, for you? It's just funny that the conversations you do have like with other night shift workers is that's how it goes. Right. All right, what you're going to want to do is. Right. So I was told to do that from a paramedic friend of mine. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, yeah. that's pre- that feels pretty legit. Yeah, she's like, you can't get the good shit in Australia. You want 10 milligrams. <laughs> that's when to, it started yeah, feeling a bit nasty. <laughs> the good shit you're importing. You're you like, definitely oh. can get it. You definitely can. You probably need a prescription, but it's all right. <laughs> I think all the tips that I would have are, like, um, things that everyone would probably already know, and they're just hard things to stick to. That's so frustrating. Like, eat, don't eat too close to uh, bedtime. Yeah. Uh, go to bed. like the at same a, time. And an early-ish time. Don't uh, <laughs> try not to have screen time just before. <laughs> Dave's laughing as the clock's ticking, and we've got to still record a bonus. <laughs> set up <laughs> That's right. Don't worry, guys. We'll be in bed by 10 o'clock. My lifestyle means that I can never do this. But, yeah. um, no, it's sad. But, the, but that, that in lockdown, I was getting into a pretty good routine, trying to get to bed at 10 after having not uh, looked at a phone or a, a screen mm. for an hour before that and leaving my phone outside the room. That's great. Uh, and eating, you know, a, a, a sort of... Like try not to eat a couple of hours for the last couple of hours before bed. Yeah. And um Sometimes you just want a snack. Yeah, it's tricky. Just trying like doing a little bit of exercise, go for a walk or something, just to you know, all those sort of normal health things. But it's all fu- it can be hard to keep up with all Super that shit hard, as well. Yeah. Especially when life gets in the way. <sighs> Pod life that is. <laughs> uh thanks, Carolyn. Sorry if that I don't know if that was good answers or not. Um, but I am with you. Love sleep. I just have not figured out how to do it well yet. Mm. In all these years I've been I alive. Know, you've done it most nights for decades, centuries in your case. Yeah. So you give no answers, but then you guys are like, Jess, stop telling them to buy drugs online. Hey, I had an answer. Hug a fucking pillow. <laughs> I, had, I had too many answers. <laughs> they were just boring answers. Yeah, yeah mine was at least interesting. Yeah, yours the only one that gets results. <laughs> uh, thank you, Carolyn. Uh, this one comes from David Loring, who is the Minister of Regrets. <laughs> and David, another, another man I can relate to. Um, <laughs> David's offered us a quote. Jess, you were saying you love a quote. Love a quote. We rarely get a quote. Uh, This quote is, this is not a book to be tossed aside lightly. It should be hurled with great force. (laughs) Uh, It says, most often attributed to Dorothy Parker talking about Atlas Shrugged. Hmm. Great quote. Love that quote. Uh, Thank you very much, David Loring. Thank you for providing us with this quote. And finally, from Braden Douglas. 
This is a fact. You gave there was no nearly no reaction to that quote, Dave, and you're a oh, book Oh, sorry. Man. Yes, uh, Atlas tried. Just said, huh? Which was I'm not sure I fully got it. Quite but I never divi- do. It's been. I think it's she's been a, a bit self, self-deprecating. Yeah, right. Oh no, it's not her. No, book. no, no. She's no. She's saying because quite. <laughs> divi- if she wrote it. Uh, <laughs> It's by Ayn Rand, and it's a very, yeah, sort of divisive book. Some people right. absolutely love it, and then other people... So she's obviously in the uh, the latter camp saying, oh, this is not something you should push aside. You should throw it out the fucking window. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha, gotcha. It's quite witty. I yeah, didn't quite get it. I was not listening, so... I don't know why. It's something about me just assumes... Oh, obviously being self-deprecating. No one's mean, are they? It's <laughs> <laughs> someone else's work. <laughs> uh <laughs> Finally, this one comes from Brayden Douglas. And Brayden is the guy that's been sitting quietly in the corner during every recording session since episode one. Holy shit! Slowly licking a pineapple that no one has acknowledged until now. Bloody hell. There he is, look. The fuck are you doing here, Brayden? Can you give him a mic? Brayden, I'm afraid it's not... Oh, oh Brayden, you've Braden. been here such a long time. Hmm. So glad he didn't have a mic before now, because that's, that's yuck. <laughs> I'm taking his mic off him. Yeah, good call, Dave. Oh, Brayden's... We'll, we'll have a chat to you after the podcast, mate. Brayden's had time in the corner. He's written a longish one here. It's a fact. Let's rip into it. Hey, guys, been listening for years and listened to every episode, so I thought you deserved a bit of dosh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The term dosh. dosh is... That's great. Yeah. Very good. Uh, probably can't stay on this tier forever, but uh, just listen to World War One Part 1 episode, and while listening to Jess slag off submarines once again... Oh, for fuck's sake. ...remembered something that I thought might blow all your minds, because it's equal parts very clever and utterly ridiculous. I've had a lot of feedback on my opinion on submarines. I just think they're a bit silly. Everyone's very uh, defensive of them. I love that people are <laughs> being defensive of submarines. Submarines. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> to funny. you, someone who definitely is affected by them day to day. Because <laughs> you might, I mean, you do work for the government. Maybe you're going to... I do work for the government. Are you... Yeah, that's how you are some sort of spy. You're not yes. in the... Don't have the defence portfolio, do you? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think we've spent a lot of money on submarines. Yeah, building them over in Adelaide, and by the time they come out, like in 500 years' time, we'll uh, no longer... There'll be no more seas yeah, for them be, to yeah, swim exactly. in. There'll be no more... Uh, swimming seas? No more society to protect. Uh, we always feels like we're good with that. For my whole life, it's been like... Australia, we spend some big chunk of our yearly budget on defence, like submarines or helicopters or something, and they always suck and take forever to build. Yeah, that was obsolete by the time they come out. I don't know why we keep trying. Uh, Obviously, we love love war. That's why. Big war country. Um, He goes on. Uh, Where was I up to? Um, uh, This thing is... Equal parts, very clever and utterly ridiculous. Bracket. I guess that's uh, there's a chance Matt could mention this in part two before. Okay. Well, you. I mean, don't write. I don't read these until you read them. Every word you put in here. Don't. The brackets was meant that I was meant to read that to myself, right? Before you read this, in which case, change my fact to the quote. <laughs> okay. Well, it's too late for that, Braden. Oh, uh, for John. Anyway, I thought. <laughs> Of the fact when Jess said submarines being able to hide underwater didn't justify their existence, when you could just paint normal ships blue to camouflage on the surface. I don't remember you saying that. That's I don't pretty. Remember me that's, saying that that's, either. that's a funny. Uh, that sounds like a funny joke. Is you it? Made. 
I think so. I'll take that. In World War One, a type of naval camouflage was invented called dazzle camouflage. Okay. That's fun. Hey. Sorry, that's grim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or sometimes Razzle Dazzle, which was the name okay, of our show. now I'm listening. Uh, rather than painting ships solid greys, whites or navy blues in an attempt to literally blend in with their background, the idea was to paint crazy geometric patterns in high contrasting colours all over the ships to confuse anyone looking at them. To score a torpedo hit, U-boats, the German ships, uh, German mm-hmm. subs, had a spot had to spot a ship through the periscope, identify the model of the ship from its silhouette, then use its known height to calculate its distance from the U-boat based on the apparent size of the periscope, then determine its speed and heading uh, by seeing how far it moved in a set time. Then it was finally possible to fire a torpedo on it inter- uh, on an intercepting trajectory. When dazzled, uh, the idea was that being able to work out which direction a ship was moving or where the top of the masts were would be much harder. It was never really proven either way if it worked or not, but more than a thousand ships were dazzled in the later years of the war and the technique saw limited use even in World War Two. World War Two. The extra fun bit of this fact means many ports <laughs> late in World War One would have looked more like Mardi Gras than the solemn affair you might naturally imagine. Sorry this is so long. I only hope you're all feeling razzled and perhaps a little dazzled. I feel uh, like that was as long as my report. <laughs> I felt razzled and dazzled, Braden. Thank you very much. Yes, I, again, I actually seen a couple of photos. Oh, have you? And they do look quite... Ah, sexy, sexy. Well, often they're like sort of like a zebra painting. Yeah. Oh right. They look like they're coming at you from all at all angles. Yeah, I've seen that before. I think. Cool. There you go. But the question is, are submarines? Oh wow, yeah. But are submarines dumb, Jess? They're pretty dumb. Yeah. (laughs) See that? Yeah. Yeah, that's they. Yeah, they make them look like um, sort of like those impossible paintings. I understand. MC Escher. Yes. (laughs) I understand why submarines exist. I just think it's a bit funny. It's like if you think about anything for too long. Like something I always think about is like is that we evolved from apes and we've made up roads <laughs> and like taxes. We just made all that shit up. When I think about it for too long, I lose my mind a little bit. Think about a submarine for too long, you think they're silly. Apes never invented taxes, did they? No. Nah. Because they're not silly. They're not silly. They're smart. We're dumb. Although technically we are apes, so, you know, in a way, <laughs> we are. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we are apes. We're great apes. No. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> it's true. It's not. You're lying Jess, again. it's true. You're lying again. Cut We're one out. of the great apes. Great apes. Uh, now, it brings us to the time where we thank a few of our other great supporters uh, just somebody comes up with a little game to play based on the topic. Oh, yes. And I reckon in recent times you've always seemed a little surprised. <laughs> no, I was already thinking about, uh, like, um, what food and drink I was oh, going to have in the yep. Trip Ditch Club. But the game we <laughs> could play. I was already thinking about what I was going to what I was going to do when I get home. <laughs> we name their museum or circus or something. Great. All right. Or what they, <laughs> who they've exploited. <laughs> I like your first idea. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well. Uh, so it's, yeah, all right. Can, can uh, you give us an example after I read out and yes. thank our first supporter here, 
from Orakay, uh, from Auckland in New Zealand, I'd love to thank Benjamin Blackhall. Blackhall's fantabulous horse riding extravaganza and paintball. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I actually want to go for real. Yeah. I would love to go to a B Blackhall's uh, thing that you just said. Mm-hmm. This is going to be hard to repeat. Yeah, definitely. It's a one-time thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, just reverse it if you want to hear it again. <laughs> Rewind the tape. Great work, Benjamin. Uh, I'd also love to thank from Valdez in North Carolina in the United States. I should just quickly say, fun fact about North Carolina, their fire engines are blue. Ah. In uh, a certain place. <laughs> And also uh, from Valdez in North Carolina, I'd love to thank Ethan Christian. Ethan Christian's House of Mirrors and Clown Workshop. So you can learn to be a clown. BYO Windex. (laughs) Clown College. Love that. Yeah, it's a clown college. It's a clown college. (laughs) Plus Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. Uh, and they're all dirty. Please bring windows. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> yeah, it's just this way of getting window cleaners without really wanting to commit to it. All right. Uh, your addition is to clean these hundred mirrors. <laughs> like mime clean them? No, no. Here's, here's the Windex. Here we go. Please don't mime. <laughs> Please never mime. It's a rule. Uh, it's not a mime college, is it? <laughs> Finally, from Barnegat in New Jersey, United States, I'd love to thank Brittany Roxas. Brittany Roxas, the B Roxas house of cards made of cards with cards inside and all the things are about cards mm-hmm. and they play cards and there's a poker table and some of the um, areas are also greeting cards. Wow, it really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Just like they used to do. Beautiful. Good on you, Brittany Roxas. Thank you so much. And there's a business card swap area as well. And oh, Wow. And uh, Brittany is also a bit of a card. <laughs> uh, what is she like? Is there a place where you can swap business cards? Oh, big time. Love that. I did say that, didn't I? Probably. Yeah, honestly. Honestly, I tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have said that word for word. And there's a place where you swap business cards, which, you know, that hurts. That you I thought it was greeting cards. No, no. I came back in for business. Okay, I do apologize. Um, can I thank some people to move on from if this awkward I situation? You, were you apologizing for Dave? Yeah. I'm waiting for him. I also zoned out. I would love to thank from another place in the Southern Hemisphere, Cape Town in South Africa. What? Ryan Halliwell. You referenced Cape Town's comedy festival before. Yeah, I did. One of the biggest comedy festivals in the Southern Hemisphere. Ryan Halliwell's big time comedy laugh factory and... Helipad. Helipad. (laughs) Helipad. Sales. Helipad. Just a a bit of concrete. (laughs) I do not have a functional one. Please don't (laughs) ride your helicopter here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Ours are in Side. Love that. Anya Ryan. I would love to thank now from Vancouver, British Columbia, Thomas Mitchell. Uh, the house of pop tops where once you pop, you never stop. The poppin' and the toppin'. And ZZ Top is here. ZZ Top is here as well. In brackets, that bit of the brackets. Wednesdays there. only. Wednesdays only. <laughs> 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 Brackets again, no guarantees. It's the real ZZ. <laughs> poppin' and a toppin' and a ZZ. 
shopping. Shopping. For <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, did you? Sorry, we said we've got ZZ Shop here. <laughs> Look at the ZZ Shop. So we've got all the ZZ Top merch that you need. The band um, is here on Wednesdays, brackets, sometimes. Uh, they qu- haven't got back to us, but we assume. <laughs> We assume they, they can make One it. question. Do they have an area where they swap business cards? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that? Uh, I would like to thank also <laughs> from uh, Dachau in Deutschland, Germany, Veronica Brandmeier. Veronica Brandmeier. Uh, what about Brandmeier's uh, good time <laughs> health shop slash ice cream parlor? Oh. Slash uh-huh. uh, rejuvenating center for um, uh, businesses. If you're having a brand mare, <laughs> that's the lingo they use. We're going to turn it into a brand dream. <laughs> we also do haircuts. <laughs> and there is a business card swapping area. <laughs> Oh, it's getting to that time now where we lose our minds. <laughs> Love it. I cannot wait to visit. If I visit Germany ever again, I'm going straight to your place. Absolutely, which I cannot name. <laughs> um, was that you done, Dave? Is it my turn? Yes, please. Oh, my God. Yay. I would love to thank from Pittsburgh. On the Golden Mile. Mm-hmm. Wow, we love it. In Pennsylvania. I would love to thank Crystal Cobbett. Oh, the, the Cobbett. Uh Obviously, Cornworld is the main thing. But what Corn- else do I have there? Crystal's House of Cornworld. <laughs> House of Cornworld. <laughs> as long as she started out going small and ended up going, no big. Yeah. But unfortunately, she had the idea at the pitch meeting and it sort of stuck. House of Cornworld and Maze Maze. Oh, yes. yes. And Water Park. <laughs> and Water Park. BYO <laughs> Bathers. <laughs> And Spider Sanctuary. It's weird that I have to mention it, but honestly... Honestly, it's been a problem more than once. People turn up and say, where do I get bathers? And it's like, are you fucking kidding the me? Fuck? Where's the yeah? Where's the bather swap? Yeah. I give you my underpants, you give me some bathers? Where's that area? <laughs> That's how we do it in my town. <laughs> Here are my underpants. I'm taking them off already. <laughs> like... When you go to a bowling alley and you give them your <laughs> shoes, and I'll uh, collect my underwear on the way out. And they're just looking absolutely confused. I don't understand. Is, is this the spot? You're standing there nude with your underwear on the counter. You just push it across the table. Thank you very much. I'll take a, uh, a medium. <laughs> I need a bit. Of, I like a bit of room. I'll have room a medium underwear. Thank you. S- swimming underwear, please. Yeah, one pair, thank you. Uh, uh, fuck that. Thanks, hurt. Crystal Cobbett. Thank you so much, Crystal. So sorry about that. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I would also love to thank from Alexandria in Virginia, uh, Noah Abbey. What about Noah's Cactus Ooh. Wonder Emporium? Okay. Uh, selling all the cactuses you need. Oh, that's heaps. And some you don't. <laughs> And all the cactuses come two by two in a mating pair, just in case disaster hits. Uh, we also sell... Um, <laughs> it's Noah's cactus arc. Cactus it's like, Noah's it's, cark. <laughs> it's like, in case it's we cark it, we got the cactus arc it. <laughs> in, case of, in case they cark it. Got the cactus arc it? No, there's, there's something, something there. there. There's, there's something, something there. there. Let's workshop it. In brackets, working title. 
um, we also sell um, trailers. Yeah, of course. Obviously. How else are you going to transport ca- cactus? Exactly. <laughs> if you think about it, if the world, like the whole Noah's Ark thing was worried that the world was going to be flooded, mm. the, cactus, they need to live in a desert, right? <laughs> They, they're going to be the number one plant you can overwater, I Yeah, assume. don't worry about oh animals. God. Yeah. They can swim, mostly. They can swim. Do they have cactus two of, can't. Do they have it's t- weird that Noah had sharks on board. <laughs> yeah. But did he have two of every cactus? No. That no. Was, that's wild that they survived. Maybe they've evolved since the flood. True. Hmm. What happened with Noah? He lived for hundreds of years. Really? Yeah. Like, I think he was, maybe he already was, but he was. I think he was super old. Good on him. Um, finally, Luckily, P.T. Barnum wasn't around. <laughs> finally, I would love to thank from Kennesaw. What's G.A.? Georgia. It's the only G. Georgia. Oh, of course. Oh, unless it's, is that country or state? Uh, uh, state. Yeah. Kennesaw, Georgia, Eli Brown. I thought Eli's a great name. Yeah. Eli Brown. Can't help but go to Brown Town. Um, but what do they do there? It's a coffee, like Arnie Donner style, Morning Brown. Yep. Morning Brown slash Pants Dispensary. Oh, great. Just in case you have too much Morning Brown, don't worry. We've got vending machines full of pants, jeans. And pancakes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've also got pants cakes, <laughs> which are pancakes in the shape of pants. It's very cute. <laughs> That's great. I love the idea of a pant. Do they shoot straight onto your legs? Yeah, it's you amazing. You sit in a chair and they... Yeah, you sort of put your legs up and stir them. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get, they get shot onto you. <laughs> shot at you. And suddenly, oh, oh, it's a great fit. <laughs> oh, they're great. Oh, Levi, thank you. So you much. really don't want to plug in the wrong size. Yeah. Size too small. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah no, you're like, oh. Because they come on at force. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're kidding yourself because you're feeling a little self-conscious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't want to do that. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm a 28. I'm a 30. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> no one's judging you. Eli's there going, mate, you're not a 30. Come on, mate. Don't lie. But his, his machine doesn't know. Doesn't understand. It just does what it's told. All right. Well, that's all the names. Uh, our great supporters would love to thank, apart from those who've been supporting us for the last three years on the uh, shout-out level or above, and they get welcomed into the Triptych Club. Doesn't have a jingle, but does have quite an elaborate setup, <laughs> <laughs> um, including uh, I'll announce your name. I've got you on the door list. I'll lift the velvet rope. In you come. You'll be welcomed by Jess behind the bar, who'll have a tray of Beautifully uh, designed drinks, often they're originals, and uh, also some hors d'oeuvres. Uh, Dave's over with the band who he's booked, probably wording them up, telling them the ground rules. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not they can perform blue or something, <laughs> depends week by week. That's right, that guys, we want to keep it above the belt tonight. <laughs> uh, who have you booked for the band this week? We have Dave? one of uh, our favourite sons singing songs from movies you will know, Russell Crowe. Oh. Has he got toe fog as well? Yeah, thirty odd foot of grunt. Uh, they're they're gonna yes, it's him and the boys um, ripping out some classics. They will not be playing anything from uh, Hugh Jackman movies though. Oh, okay, oh, sorry about that. Sucked in. And just what kind of drinks and hors d'oeuvres have you got us this week? The greatest shoeman. <laughs> Everything is served in a shoe. <laughs> Oh, re- food and drink. Yes. I love oh, it. Classic drinks, Australian shoey. We have uh, moonshine. Out of a shoe. Out of a shoe. And for for food, we have Welsh, Welsh rarebit 
In a shoe. Oh, yes. lovely. Yep. So now what happens is I'll read out the name. I've got you on the list. I'll lift that velvet rope. Uh, you'll sort of jog in with your arms up, sort of, if you want to. It's up Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. We'll be doing like a sort of Mexican wave over the top of you. Uh, we've got Toe Fog will play you in, of course. Uh, and then Dave will hype you up. He's your hype man. So everyone who enters the club feels good about themselves because Dave... Anyway, I've got opinions about how well he does, but it doesn't matter. Just, just try and be positive. For fuck's yeah, sake. yeah, yeah, yeah. He how does, many, how many are we welcoming job. in? We're welcoming in three into the Triptych Club. Okay, Rule fantastic. Of three a triptych of Triptych Club. And then Jess, uh, because Dave doesn't necessarily do a very good job, Jess does then big him up no, no. as well. So just, just that every hype man deserves a hype man. Yeah. Would you, would you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with that at all. Thank you. You know, like hype men are always doing the hype, and who's hyping them? Thank you. I who's hyping me? The Coast Guard? Not Matt. I know. He's being a big old negative Nelly. No, I think you do great. Well, it's just Dave. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Really sucks. If you could hype up, <laughs> if you could hype up Jess, Jess could hype me up, and I hype. It's like a great circle. Okay, and then it's a circle jerk. <laughs> yes. Well, that is what some have described this show, <laughs> especially this section. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let me bring him in. First off, from Brisbane. You got this. In Queensland, Australia, it is Rian Ginevan. Rian Ginevan. <laughs> oh, um, Rearing or something like that. Uh, what about... Um, uh, <laughs> Dave's your hype man, remember that. He's <laughs> At the moment, Rian is sort of awkwardly walking in with his arms in the air, <laughs> looking around... <laughs> She's not a Brisbane in our side. Yes. It's Gian, no, Rian Ginevan. Did I get that right? Yeah, Rian. Well, I mean, did I get it right? It's probably the bigger yeah, question. Okay, thank you so much. Jesse, I think he really needs some hype there. Have you got anything for him? I clapped. She's not a Bane in our side. It's all right. I clapped. Just edit out the silence. Well done. Bring thank yourself you. to do that. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Number two. All right. Yeah, warming like, up. We're warming up. R-I-A-N. That's like Rian Johnson. Is that right? Oh, oh, he's, that's Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Oh, fuck. Sorry, Ryan. Ryan Ginevan. Oh, can I just say, I feel like Ryan. There we go. There we go. His name's Ryan Johnson. Yeah. The director. Yeah, the Star Wars Knives Out brick looper. Jeez. <laughs> that's awkward. We've we've talked so many times and I've always said his name wrong. Introduce him to my mum like that. <laughs> this is Ryan. 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 Ryan didn't even say anything. <laughs> Um, next up from Mosfelabear in Israel, it's Bjarke Stein Peterson. I couldn't, uh, Mosfelabear to be without you. Yes, you fucking doubted him. Woo! Woo! I mean, I wish you didn't pick that bit because that's the bit that I'm least, I mean, of all of it, the least bit I'm confident you of pronouncing. You are ruining momentum. Because it's the A-E letter that's mushed together. Okay, so B- what, and what's the rest A-E of it? Letter, well, I'll do a uh, backup one. What's the rest of the name? Uh, Bjarke Stein Peterson. <laughs> well, I'm going to drink a Stein for you yeah. tonight. Great, oh, right, great. Is that good? Is that good? That's great. good stuff. That's Thank great. you so much. Hey, great. Hey, great backing up of Dave there. Thank Love you. that. Thank you. You had him. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and finally, I'd love to welcome into the Triptych Club, grab a shoey, let's get partying from Greensboro in North Carolina. Quick fun fact, <laughs> they have blue 
fire trucks there. It's Dean Clark. <laughs> oh, the Dean of Fun Times yeah. is here. The old Dean. Woo, Clarky. Woo. Uh, we really knocked it out of the park tonight. Fuck wow. Yeah, does that feel work, good when we're all having yeah, a good time together? It does feel better. <laughs> it does feel good. Better. I'm loving it. I f- I'm, like, I'm lying to myself, I'm lying to you, but it feels we're good. We're all lying to ourselves, <laughs> man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we're yeah, just yeah. having a good time. I wake we up in the morning and I lie to myself. That's what I do. I wake up and I say, God, you're a good heart, man. 16 hours a day. I'm lying to myself. Then I go to bed. I wake up hugging a pillow and I'm like, <laughs> you are the greatest. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Jess, where can people find us? At our houses. <laughs> Stop it. Do go on pod uh, across all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, do go on pod.com. Uh, and uh, to go on pod at gmail.com if you want to flip I really wish email. we got dot .org. Yeah. We should have got dot .org. Is it too late? Probably. And just, uh, did you mention that they can find us at dogoonpod.com? Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> you, you can, well, if you do want to see us live in person, please don't come to our houses, but do come to the European Beer Cafe, uh, March 28, April 4, April 11, April 18, or the Super Extravaganza that is Sunday, April 4, when you've got Primates at 2 o'clock, Book Cheat at 4.15, Matt doing stand-up at 6.55, but also doing the entire Melbourne International Comedy Festival, and then 8.30 for Dugo on that night. I've just checked. There are well under 10 tickets now for each show. Oh, that's awesome. So, and Dave... um if, if people are seeing in the future, is that that page is kind of up to date? The shows link on our website. So if you go to dogonpod.com, you'll be able to see the show. Yeah, click. So if you're listening in a year's time, hopefully the world's opened up and we'll be. I know there's some people listening in the future going, oh my God, he doesn't know about the volcanoes yet. <laughs> they started appearing everywhere. <laughs> oh no. But uh, yeah, hopefully we're back out and doing shows semi regularly into the future in one way or another. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. Boot this baby home, Dave. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.